welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. Thank you for listening. David, yes. how you doing? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing great. Um, I know we don't normally do like a top of the episode thing when I uh, when we have a guest. Right. Which we do, but he's preoccupied right now. Yeah. So I, I want to point out, so I, uh, I saw, you've already heard me talk about it in the movie journal, but I saw Claire Denis' High Life. Mm-hmm. It's great. And I was, as I usually do, going through and reading people's reviews, and I saw the the uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for the feeling. What's the word I'm looking for? Emotional? No. Anyway, uh, sentiment is what I'm looking for. The sentiment that uh, the someone said uh, this this might confound Robert Pattinson's fans, and I was just I'm so mad at that because it's been. Like uh, yeah. almost a decade since of, then, he's done great work and and consistently weird stuff. Yeah, like challenging Cosmopolis, the Rover, you know, yeah. uh, Damsel, Damsel uh, Lost City of Zed. Mm-hmm. You know, he and what's more, his fans are have followed him, mm-hmm. and I feel like um, there's a certain maybe sublimated maybe he under the surface sexism to to assuming that twilight fans are a certain type of person oh, sure. and who, saying who said okay, this sorry yeah. to interrupt i'm not going to name names of critics oh it was, but, uh, it's a critic that said yeah, it's some critic yeah. were they a uh, green critic or something uh, um, you don't have to say you know were they new like, were they oh i thought you were saying were they from mars or just super <laughs> environmental yeah <laughs> you, know. Um, you know this, this no, was, yeah. I, and so Anyway, I wanted to bring that up because that, like, it, it annoys me. But also, I wanted to bring up the fact that I then tweeted this and have gotten hundreds of retweets and comments from the Robert Pattinson fan community, which is great. Thank wow. you. Uh, it just, I mean, a, a couple of them are. Thank you for taking us. Most out of, of them are just they're just liking it and retweeting it, um, and that makes me feel weird too because then I remember that I don't like, you know, stand culture as it were but stan uh, culture when someone's a very dedicated fan of someone they're a stan it comes from the m&m song from the, stan. Okay, yeah it was. and so there's a, a, ten, a oh, tendency song, in, yeah. in the in the social media uh, age to that being a fan of something is a community and that's mm-hmm. great but it also as everything does on social media can often turn toxic so i was immediately sure. i was like oh this is great i'm getting this outpouring of support the, from the, the R. Pats fan community. And then I was like, oh, wait, weren't these people who, uh, well, some of them who were super racist to him when he had a black girlfriend? Really? <laughs> because, because part of the R. Pats fan community is that they're Robsten shippers, that they think Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are an OTP, one true pairing. Okay. And they have to. <laughs> okay, I, I was, I'm, I'm glad you're having a hard time keeping up, too. And so I was like, man, idea, it's been a while since I've been here. I don't know what, what kind of world you guys are dipping so into. So the idea of either one of the being with anyone else infuriates them because they're so invested in the real not not the fictional characters from twilight but they're so invested in the real uh relationship between these two that yeah when rob pattinson rob yeah my friend rob robert pattinson was dating fka twigs the uh the singer actress um they some people said some really racist shit to her and i'm sure most of the rpats fans are not like that. The, sure. I'm, I'm sure the ones who were tweeting, retweeting me today and telling me that they drove five hours to see good time in the theater. 
I think they're probably that's great. That's a great dedication. You love yeah. his art. He's a he's a true artist. I think he's one of the best uh, going today. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is weird to. I always have to remember uh, everything's awful. There's a little There's, bit of awful. Well, in but everything. you can also focus on the nice things too. You know, there are fans who get it. There's a this yeah, is I'm a sure circle. You, you, when you saw that little uh, cesspool, you know that existed, where you're like, these are awful. You 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 went and did the research and and then got a. Stuck in it, you know. I was gonna say, I'm reminded of that wonderful line from Alien where Ash is describing, you know, oh, it's a tough little son of a bitch. It can do all kinds of talking about the face hugger, like it can do all this stuff. And then Ripley says, and you let it in. And so as you're describing all these, like, and you went right into it, and now here you are. I it doesn't affect me, but now you were you, upset. If you see the wrong, th- if you say the wrong thing, it's all going to come down. Well, I love you. the idea that there are Robert Pattinson fans who saw someone retweet me, mm-hmm. followed me, and are checking out this podcast. And the first sure. thing I'm doing is saying, "Stand burning culture, the bridge. Stand culture is toxic. <laughs> Burn and you guys the are racist, FK twigs." All right. They well, don't want you, fan. They don't want you listening. Um, we still haven't introduced our guests, so you, that's still the person that voice that's you heard is just list. a mystery to, to list. you. But I think, first, <laughs> I think old, I think uh, older fans of the show, I think they know exactly. Or who people this who is. can read the episode description, they can piece the, um, yeah, the chemistry together. How many people you think do auto play these days? You know, with with episodes, do they do auto play? Is that how it works? I don't know <laughs> what auto play is. You know, where one thing plays and it auto plays automatically plays the next one. Yeah. I do that if I'm if I'm because I'll get behind. Uh, I only keep current on sports podcasts because that's like current affairs. Mm-hmm. So with my comedy podcast, with, with Maury Povich, to, current um, affair. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> is he hosted. Right. Um, um, that show. So that with, show com- with comedy podcasts, I right. will wait till I have like five or six of them, and then yeah, I'll autoplay them. And then no, so but we'll, you'll autoplay while you're doing your business. Autoplay. Yeah. We're all caught up on what autoplay means, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Good. So, I've never done that with podcasts, so I didn't even know that was an option. I just the reason I bring it up is because someone could they could have been listening you're to right. the previous episode, and then it's on to the next one. Welcome to the battleship pretension and then all of a sudden someone's talking they're like wait a second this person's talking i need a chance to read the description because i'm auto playing yeah so that could be happening out there with someone listening right. and that person still doesn't know who that voice also is also mysterious and, and they're new they're a newer listener not someone from the past you yeah. know who's been there from the yeah. beginning you know like all of the, the all those great all those great bp but what they're really the waiting for is not your introduction something else but our on. ad reads <laughs> that's true so yes. we have to pay some bills and then we will introduce our okay guests. i'm just sitting here don't i'm i want to know about the products too okay well i've got good news for you you're okay. about to hear about them. thank you uh this episode is brought to you you me guest yes uh-huh. okay uh by movie good. a curated good website i think by the way i first heard about that website from you guys go ahead sorry well, all right well they're sticking with us i'll tell you that that's nice um <laughs> Okay, Uh, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Everyday Movie premieres a new film, whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or or an acclaimed masterpiece, uh, a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before. There are always 30 different films to discover. With Movie, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch than actually watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime, anywhere. 
As a tribute to Agnes Varda, who recently passed away, Mubi will be featuring three of her films. The first is The Beaches of Agnes, directed in 2008 by Varda herself, in which she revisits the various beaches that held significance for her as a child. Also available is Jaco de Nantes. I don't know how don't that's know. how you say it. Um, nope, I don't know either. Varda's 1991 portrait of fellow director Jacques Demy, her partner of 32 years. They were together? Um, I yeah, see. Yeah. Movies teaching me stuff I didn't know. Yeah. And I like to think I know a lot, but of course I'm getting atrophied in certain parts of the brain. This yeah. is a great website. Is there more? <laughs> yeah. They also have a son together, an actor, mm-hmm. who uh, she cast in one of her movies. They have what? At least one. They had a son together. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sparta and, and Jacques Demy. Uh, Maybe more than uh, one. Uh, Anon Tucker. No, Anon something else. Oh, Anon I was something. thinking of... It's no, I'm thinking of someone else, too. It's uh, Mich- Michel Demy, might be his name? Oh, okay. I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, Look, it's got this, the the website and the streaming service, it's got the approval of me and David and also our unnamed guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I like it, by the way. And okay. you're reading it like it's an ad, but I'm telling you for real, <laughs> it warrants a whole topic of an episode. Oh. You know, just so you know. They might be pleased to know that. Absolutely. It's a great website if you're experiencing issues like overwhelmed with uh, the algorithms or you're tired of the algorithms or you know you don't like how the algorithms tell you that movies got someone else's curation and it's for movie lovers i think it's and, pretty cool and you know in the uh, in the copy here they do say you know a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before it's one of those things that like i am a movie person I teach a number of movie classes, including one on world cinema. Uh, and almost invariably, at any given point, there is at least one or two movies that they are uh, that they are showing that I have not heard of before and sounds marvelous. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's a great way to discover uh, new movies or new movies to you. And in, in certain cases, new facts like the fact that Agnes Varda and Jacques Demy were best of friends and lovers. All right. Uh, but you can try Mubi free for 30 days. Just go to Mubi.com slash Battleship. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship for a whole month of great cinema for free. Something I'm surprised that Mubi copy didn't list or maybe didn't I missed. They they give you, you, you can make lists, fun oh, yeah. lists. If you're a fun list oh, maker, okay. you know, you can say, I'm going to make a list of every uh, movie with um, a, a a famous person's directed by a famous person's uh, prod progeny, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. or I'm going to make a list of a uh, hidden of yeah. gems or a list of uh, country music movie yeah. movies or something. Movie like had that. been around f- longer than they had done, started doing the, the streaming thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of, it's, it's, what a lot of people, when mi- people think of letterbox for that sort of thing now, but it, did that first. Yeah. We did that first. Yeah. And for, I would say the more, I say this with the utmost affection, like the snootier moviegoer, as, <laughs> as opposed to like letterbox <laughs> tends to be a bit more mainstream. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so movie's been around for a while doing a lot of different things. Yeah. You All right. Find and I want to discover stuff on that place. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. great. Go ahead. I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com oh, is where this. you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. I would know. I use them each and every day as a styler. Uh, today I was listening to new music by, uh, Brooklyn indie folk band, big thief. 
That's what I was listening to today. Uh, it was good. I liked it, and it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. You can, uh, they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one-third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please, I implore you, go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. But actually, before we do, there's something that we've we've mentioned at the end of the last couple episodes, but I did want to mention it uh, at the top, uh, which is uh, we do have uh, a new round of commentaries available. Oh, yes. Um, what we're calling our uh, Keanu Kicks Ass commentaries featuring uh, discussions on Point Break, Speed, The Matrix, and John Wick. Yeah, we um, watched all four of those yeah. in a row when mm-hmm. we had our, our friends, friends of the show, you know, critics and comedians, Cycling through, watching with us, yeah. making comments, making jokes. You gonna do Johnny uh, Mnemonic? Uh, we didn't do Johnny Mnemonic, uh, nor did we do Chain Reaction. Right. Um, what are you? Uh, so many. Only he seems so many. a more chase and run in Chain Reaction than ask a comment. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's available. He just tweets in Johnny uh, Mnemonic. Uh, um, yeah, it's available at battleshipretention.com on the left hand uh, column of the, yeah. of the website. If you are a Patreon subscriber. Mm. Don't purchase it. These are your Patreon episodes for the month. Yeah. If you want to join our Patreon, go pay, go to patreon.com slash battleship pretension and you'll get not only uh, these commentaries, but uh, lots and lots of other stuff. Yeah. Um, depending on what level you do. I mean, lots of stuff at both levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's available. It was a lot of fun. Keanu kicks ass. We're all getting ready for John Wick chapter three right. next month. Um, so and Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, I'm stoked about that. Uh, yeah, that's not till uh, August of 2020 though. Right, and also not an action movie. Right, I'm getting ready for. We don't know. That's true. That's we don't true. know what's going to happen. Could that's be true. a romantic comedy. We don't know what. Uh, yeah, Dean Parasote could uh, right. bust out the uh, the John Woo chops. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out the Keanu Kicks Ass commentaries, please. All right, I implore you. Let's get into it, show. Do you know what I'm saying? When I uh, do you know what I'm making a reference to? No. A, a story that a friend of all three of ours told. Okay. That, I, I missed the reference. Uh, the phrase, I implore you. Our friend Pat Healy told a story about making uh, Rescue Don and Vernon Herzog getting furious that the wrong kind of candy bar was <laughs> used, right. and he was right. yelling at the prop guy, I implored you, Butterfinger. Uh, <laughs> I, did not, I not, did not hear that story. That's you never heard that story? No, oh, I'm man. surprised I never heard that. I implore you, Butterfinger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I said our, our mutual friend, uh, we actually knew know Pat through this friend of the show originally uh after a long absence in which he's been tearing up your television set uh (laughs) back on the show is josh fadum hi thanks for having me thanks for coming back yeah my pleasure yeah uh we've yeah we wanted to have you back for a while every time you're like i can't do it i'm in uh somewhere i'm in new mexico making better call Saul, right or um uh wherever you shot twin peaks the return right 
You're so busy. I'm busy. I'm jumping around. I'm hopping around. I'm here. I'm there. Or I'm, I've really just been in my apartment the whole time flying. Um, not really. I'm here. And uh, it's also, you know, it's a journey out to North Hills, you know. As I'm sure many people probably, I feel like as soon as that came out of my mouth, I just felt so unoriginal and lame. You know, no, I also, think maybe I wasn't supposed to mention enough North to keep Hills. it to themselves. Do they know? I mean, look, I'm getting it all out there, guys. You know, this is a, this is really my therapy. This is cathartic. Okay. Yeah. So to drive and it was rainy, but you know, I did it. I did was it, it rainy today. Yeah. yeah. It was oh. today. Have you been home all day? No, I've been home, uh, since, uh, like seven. Oh. And, uh, I didn't hit it. And it probably started raining. Yeah. Right around seven forty five. Okay. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I mentioned some projects, projects that you were in on TV. I've also seen you in some, uh, smaller movies recently, including, uh-huh. uh, the great Clara's ghost, which I've talked about. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Clara's ghost. Uh-huh. Once you see the movie, then you realize, Oh, it's Clara. I was uh, saying Clara. Until Clara. I saw You're thinking Clara's heart. With, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. With uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Whoopi Goldberg. Um, yeah. And then also you were in unlovable. Uh-huh. In which I meant to tell you, you had uh, maybe my favorite line of the movie <laughs> because you played a we were a director on a children's uh-huh. television show, uh-huh. and you said to the star who in like the mascot costume, like after after you like wrapped him for the day, you were like, hey, "Let's get you out of that sweaty costume or something, something like that." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was very yeah, fun great. Line. Both those are great, great indie movies. Great yeah. new little indie movies. Uh, highly recommended, and I have uh, little scenes at the beginning. I've, yeah, I've both. Good little uh, fun cameo roles that I got to do in the beginning of both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so, well, I guess we're all caught up then. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, is there anything else to see? I was, I was enjoying hearing what you saw. I was like, oh, that's cool. I saw those things. That's good. Yeah, those are things that people are seeing, I guess. And. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know even. I don't know what to volunteer. I think it's of note. As soon as I walked in, Tyler asked me if I wanted um, a little unopened tub of uh, whipped. <laughs> Let's get into this. Yeah, this has been the topic of the conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would just, like to touch on this topic. Not here. just whipped cream cheese. Okay. Berry flavored. Okay. Yeah. Mixed berry here. Mixed, mixed berry natural flavor with other natural flavors. You know, some lawyers went over that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tyler's been trying to get this off his hands all night. Okay. So, so. what did you have a bunch of guests prior here that? Pe- that showed up and they're like, "You want this?" And they're like, "No." Uh, so here's the situation. yeah. We had a spread. We had we had bagels and locks. Right. And this was yeah, the previous over. guest <laughs> took all the craft services. <laughs> yeah, and we were left yeah. with this one. It's like, oh, we bought one thing too many. Uh, yeah, no. What uh, what happened? Uh, and thank you so much for bringing this up. <laughs> um, can we go back to talking about how far away North Hills is? Uh, but anyway, yeah. It's uh, my wife was. Uh, cleaning out our refrigerator uh-huh. and she found this lone uh, container of Philadelphia cream What's cheese. What's the expiration date on that, Josh? Keep telling the story. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that going to be our topper is when this thing actually expires? Um, and uh, because we did have a, a house guest recently and so we wound up with like a lot of random stuff uh-huh. in our refrigerator that neither of us will eat and uh-huh. so it was unopened. Right. And in maybe the most just the most married thing that has ever happened. She didn't say it like this, but she essentially said, why don't you see if any of your nice podcast friends would enjoy it? Um, Again, she didn't say it that way, uh, but that was kind of the sentiment behind it. And in my mind, I was like, there's no way (laughs) that anybody's going to want this Uh, again. Unopened. Could you imagine Um, though, if I was like, yeah, (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> I can, but I feel I like absolutely I mean, like, right. I guess yeah. I, you know, you have so unpredictable. You never know. Exactly. But not just that. I feel like people who like flavored cream cheese mm-hmm. probably really like it. I don't like I, any kind of cream cheese. Uh, you know, cream I, cheese frosting on a cupcake. How do you feel about that? These days it's too much. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan, but I had never had cream cheese until I was like 25. Hmm. Why I, didn't you, your home have cream cheese? So I was a very picky eater as a kid. Me too. Um, I ate most everything. Yeah, I grew out of it like most adults do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's what this episode's going to be. <laughs> right. uh, and so there are certain habits I got into as a kid that I just continued. And one of them was if I had a bagel, I just buttered it like it was a piece of toast uh-huh. because I because cream cheese grossed me out as a right, kid. Right. Um, and so it wasn't. And so I just got into that habit. So I had like shed most of my picky eating, but right. I had still just been in the habit of. Uh, uh, of buttering my bagel and then I was working at a place um, that had free bagels every Friday morning and so I was like I'll give this a shot yeah well, you watch some of the others here. if it sucks yeah. I'll throw it away and yeah. I'll toast another one <laughs> yeah. um, and so then I fell in love with with, with, with cream cheese right uh, and you I said still, I get it I understand yeah, I have still never in my life and I feel like the ship has sailed on this never tasted cottage cheese oh I that like I cottage like I cheese to. I like yeah. it I feel like cottage cheese needs to work harder to convince me that it's good uh, because visually it's not helping itself. I, th- I quite like it. I think it's, um, but maybe I was a picky eater when I was a kid. I think I only ate a combination of applesauce and cottage cheese. And I think oh, I you ate like it. I like the, yeah. So I didn't like anything. I didn't like cream cheese. I didn't want to try cream cheese, cottage cheese. I didn't like sour cream as a kid, which is crazy now. Yogurt, I guess I I liked as long as it was sour cream. Maybe I would have liked this. Sour cream and cream cheese are probably the lesser. They're the ones that are not good for you. I think yogurt's good for you. And cottage cheese is not good for you. Mayonnaise is not good for you. But I didn't like it as a kid. I've grown into loving mayonnaise. Uh I think uh, probably uh, fast food chicken sandwiches cured me of my mayonnaise (laughs) (laughs) aversion. Tuna Um, salad. Uh, that has mayonnaise in it. That was a, I tuna. I came very late to. Mm-hmm. I was probably almost thirty by the time I sardines. Uh, yeah, sardines. I like now. Didn't uh-huh. I, uh, sardines. Not I into like, any of these. Sardines weren't really title. around as a kid for me. Uh, you know, like I sought them out. Maybe cartoons. Maybe I was yeah. trying to be little. Like I want to try eating that. And but I also yeah. wanted to eat for some reason. For, I don't know Rocky movies or something. I always wanted to eat raw eggs. You know, <laughs> yeah, it just, that's not it good just for seemed you. good. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're so bad. Yeah, it's not really. I think that's a myth. And I order now as I'm an adult. I order steak rare. Rare. Uh, I'm a medium rare, rare guy. I'm a rare. I'm, I'm medium rare now, yeah. And a burger rare. In fact, I might go get a burger rare after I leave okay. this place. This, is, going, this is a great point because I usually, I, for a long time, I got burgers medium rare. And I think, all right, we're going to get. You, as an adult, gonna get you can get rare, by the way. You can uh, do that as an adult. I know you can, yeah. but I mean, ground beef is a little more dangerous than a steak to get rare because the middle of a steak has never seen, never touched air before, uh-huh. whereas ground beef has. So it's, mm. has, it's been more exposed. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't matter. The point what I'm saying is I feel like there was this craft burger, like artisan burger boom and burgers kept getting crazier and crazier. And now I feel like I've rebelled against that to where my ideal burger now is like just an in and out burger or whatever, you right. know? And so I'm sick of burgers being messy to me. That's right. the thing. I'm sick of a burger that you need like a knife and a fork. Yes, you know, no I want to pick up a burger with my hand and eat it. Me too. Uh, and so I've started going medium instead of medium rare because mm. I've found that the medium rare patty will fall apart sometimes. Huh? 
I I think I'm just seeking that that burger feeling that when I was a kid and I ate a hamburger, it tasted like a ham in a certain way, and then they stopped tasting that way. And I don't know if that was the the palate changed or the burgers changed, but occasionally you'll get a burger. As an adult, you're like, hey, this tastes like kid burger yeah. or something. You know <laughs> that's what I'm what, saying? I feel like that's what Shake Shack is, and I love Shake yeah, Shack. But Shake Shack is like the adult version of a kid burger. When I was Have you Tulsa, had Shake Shack? Shake Shack? Yes. But Are you a burger guy, Tyler? I'm not. No. Do um, you eat meat? Uh, oh, my, yes. Oh, yes. But you don't um, like burgers? Not particularly, no, um, because my palate is uh, very, very simple and... Like with burgers, I like ketchup and mustard. That's it. I right. don't like cheeseburgers. I don't like any of this other shit. I respect um, it. Uh, and so it's one of those things like it always feels, even if it's, even if it's, even if it's good, like if I, it's like, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to pay like 15 to 20 bucks. Not that Shake Shack is that, but like, I don't want to pay no, a lot of money cheap. for something I mean, fast that, food, that even my, what was that? Fast food though, even. You yeah. Know? It's like, I mean, I love, I, I know it's super basic, but I love Wendy's. I think Wendy's. I love Wendy's great, too. Yeah. So do I. I, I went, actually, on the table. The audience says, I, stop it. Uh, after uh, we recorded that day of Ken Reeves' commentaries, a full day of me snacking mm-hmm. and drinking, I rewarded myself <laughs> on the way home with a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's, which is one of the greatest food items available in America, <laughs> the spicy chicken sandwich. Last time I was in Tulsa, uh, about a month or so ago, there I would be, you know, it would the only thing open late would be a Whataburger mm. and it was mm. pretty great never and I got one. about three Whataburgers that week I've yeah. never had one the first time I when I when I moved out to Los Angeles we'll get to movies eventually yeah uh, when I moved out to well, Los oh, Angeles by the way oh, I'm rewinding this cream cheese the expiration date says 18 March 2019 oh which uh, oh. Seems, already happened okay. yeah we've it's come and gone so yeah. let's crack open this cream cheese <laughs> get a good smell um, I'm sure it's fine probably I, yes. you know and if you're like me you'd eat you'd plow through whipped cream cheese in a couple days okay a tub of it you know so so when I when I moved out here it was the first time I ever first Patreon, only time Patreon I ever uh, <laughs> drove through Oklahoma was when I moved out here uh-huh. and I stopped I should have stopped at a Whataburger mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't I but I know no, I know why I did I stopped at a Carl's Jr. Uh-huh. because I'm from Missouri uh-huh. neighboring state yeah Hardy's state Hardy's yes. yeah Carl's like Oklahoma is like where it starts to change mm-hmm. to Carl's Jr. Now, I always so my first why, ever Carl's why Jr. are they they're the same people but they just change the name in some states what's that I about? think basically they used to be two different two different chains carl's jr bought hardy's and i guess just wanted to maintain the name recognition so basically all the hardy's just stayed hardy's but they changed because hardy's used to be their color scheme used to be uh orange and blue oh orange and colorblind uh yeah like like the denver broncos um and so now (laughs) um now Hardee's have the exact same design and, and color scheme and everything and as a Carlos star and the star. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I remember Hardee's in Tulsa and, uh, never would go there of course. But, um, I remember when they became Carl's jr. And I was like very confused long John silvers. There's another one that, uh, didn't, that I would never go to. Oh, I love long John silvers. Yeah, there's good. not that many around here, but there is, yeah, I know it's so far to come to North Hills, 
but Pacoima has oh, yeah. the closest Long John Silvers. Mm-hmm. It's a Long John Silvers KFC blend, which most Long John Silvers these days are. I am so hungry. Like I have not. <laughs> I didn't eat much today, and oh. I wasn't hungry a few minutes ago. Here we're talking about I'm fast food. Grandies. Remember Grandies? No. That, you guys sounds, that sounds. Grandies was in the eighties, and I guess it was kind. Of, I don't know if it was a competitor to KFC, but it's weird to think. You know, it was like had this uh, uh, icon of the the logo was an old lady with glasses and same kind of color scheme as kfc i think but it was you know like uh southern food fried chicken and beans mm-hmm. and mashed potatoes and stuff and it's weird to think that there was a time when like fast food just like we're changing it up it's not just burgers and fries yeah it's grandies yeah you know? we had in st louis we had our fast food chain was lee's which i have since learned is like a florida georgia chain yeah uh st louis is i guess about as far uh, away from there as it as it goes but lee's is better than kfc any day i don't it's not better than popeyes popeyes is my favorite uh-huh. but lee's is a fast food fast yeah fast food fried chicken place where you can get like uh uh liver and gizzards Mm. Uh, wow yeah there's a taco bueno in oklahoma also i don't know where else that that extends to but it was weird moving out of oklahoma when i was younger and learning the fast food that didn't span across well st louis was weird to grow up in because st louis unlike most of the rest of the midwest had jack-in-the-box and del taco yeah which it doesn't have del taco anymore both there were two del tacos in st louis they both closed yeah but i think there's still jack-in-the-box which is weird because no one else like when i when i moved to chicago people hadn't even heard of del taco they'd like heard of jack-in-the-box because of the E. Coli thing in the 90s um but uh yeah i grew up uh grew up on on jack-in-the-box and del taco once i was old enough to have my own car or to have a friend who would drive because the del tacos were all in the city so i like weirdly associated del taco with like cool yeah because it was like oh this is when (laughs) we go to the the record store we go to see a punk show we get some del taco that's like what i associated it with i've been robbed of that since i moved out here let's go to del taco and then watch existent while everybody else (laughs) is eating a taco bell and watching the matrix yeah you remember uh (laughs) yeah let's watch stir of echoes instead of the sixth sense it is a better movie right (laughs) is it a better movie i think so it's a more elaborate i was going to reference real quick when i saw pulp fiction for the first time and he's saying where'd you get that burger water burger jack in the box you know Mm -hmm. the big kuna burger scene i remember that i was always thinking like good why did he why did he choose why did he ask those two chains yeah no one goes to either of those and i wonder i don't know i either maybe tarantino was trying to be arcane or those were just popular chains the first time i think i saw i was like do people actually eat it jack in the box or whatever in los angeles they do i I know yeah la in la touch yeah no, I know. Uh, I know we need to move on, but I actually did have a question that maybe you guys can fill in, fill yes, in here. Okay. Um, you mentioned Popeyes. Uh, in a is this a is this a uh, Carl's Junior Hardy situation? Because Bojangles has the exact same menu. Oh, I don't know if it is as as, uh, as Popeyes, Popeyes. Really? And I've never, seen, you know, I've never seen them in the same place. Yeah, I've never uh, been to a Bojangles. I don't know. I've never heard of Bojangles. Yeah, and when I was when I go back to Southern Missouri, I think they have Popeyes now. But for a while, I saw that they had Bojangles, and I went in and I was like, okay, so this is like Cajun based, same basic menu as a Popeyes. So I wasn't sure if, mm. if they were like competing with the exact same items. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't quite you figure know what, it out. You know what chain Springfield Missouri has that don't have out here. Uh, Schlotzky's Deli. Oh, Schlotzky's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Schlotzky's. So good. There's a Schlotzky's in Tulsa. And I remember um, 
my some of my dad knew bought this Trotsky's and it became very popular and I remember overhearing them talking and he's just talking about the business you know like yeah and no, we're doing pretty well and I you know I know that uh, we give them a little more meat and I think they like that <laughs> <laughs> that's the key right yeah yeah give right. them a little more meat well this uh, well obviously that's the perfect transition in no way whatsoever into our topic the accent uh, the accent yes uh, and of course your hat we haven't mentioned your hat but you're wearing a it's a it's a cowboy hat, but it's a it's not a Stetson. It's sort like of a straw, sort of straw see through, but not like what frayed. You know, like yeah. a straw kind of has the shape it's, of a. It's a nice summer hat. Yeah, it's like a summer hat. The brand I, it says Young and Hat Co. LTC, made in Sri Lanka. I bought it at a thrift store. Sprayed <laughs> it with uh, some Lysol or whatever you spray it with. Since the YA since nineteen fifty nine, one size fits most. That wouldn't fit me. It might. No, no, it nothing that most. says that fits me because I have, I have a big, most. big Irish head. It says fit most. And, like, it fits. It, it, it'd uh, give me a headache after 10 minutes. That's pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, all right. So uh, you wanted to talk about, we had, this is a weird thing, a kismet, yeah. because uh, you suggested a topic that Tyler had thought of two days prior, yeah. which is country music movies. Yeah. Um, no, I'm There's actually ask. not a ton. It's it's a it's a contained genre. You can really make the make the list of the the big main ones. I feel like yeah, and I, well, I also realized in researching there are a lot of big ones. I haven't seen. Same. I had, there was a lot of that. I, I knew I was embarrassed. I was like, gosh, like, that's a no brainer. I should have seen it. I've never seen, uh, coal miner's daughter, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame. I know Loretta Lynn just celebrated a birthday. They had a mm-hmm. big party, mm-hmm. uh, a big party concert. I watched mm-hmm. some footage on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, of other people covering her songs. And how does her health? Uh, I had heard last her health wasn't great. I mean, she's, she's sitting she's there. Mobile. She made it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, have you have you all seen Coal Miner's Daughter? No, I watched it. Okay, during my little, I did so to fill in some people for my my side of the backstory. They said they want to do this thing. I can't. We were going to talk about something else. We want to come by or whatever. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, and then I. We were going to do a date, and then I realized a friend of mine and I had been talking about just doing a country music movie marathon, and so I had been, and I, I used to do this sort of thing all the time, like, I'm just going to get all of them and knock them all out, or a director or an actor or whatever, and I hadn't really done that sort of thing in a while, and so I was very excited to just, like, have a thing to dig in and find them all and do the research, and uh, and then it just so happened, it's like, well, this could be a good topic, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was, I hadn't done the marathon yet, so so then... David suggested we wait till afterwards and you know I didn't watch all 33 movies in the pile <laughs> yeah. I watched about nine but there's a few that I had already seen and yeah. there's a few I hadn't seen and there's a few that were sort of just like thematic adjacent you know yeah I have some like that on, on my list that I, I I made a second list for movies that are like they kind of feel country right but aren't necessarily like like, like the apostle yeah a little bit yeah. rock and roll yeah. not not every Chris Christopherson movie counts <laughs> you know convoy doesn't count obviously Blade might, 2 does hey but, uh, which one Blade 2 yeah, yeah Blade Blade <laughs> we're gonna honky tonk <laughs> um but it's funny that you mentioned because the topic had been on my mind recently because as a uh, long time, not a long time, uh, loyal listeners know my top 10 movies of 2018 included Ethan Hawke's Blaze. I, my, um, John Ennis was just telling me about that movie today and I realized I'd missed one. A new Blaze, I, had, yeah. I haven't seen it, but he was raving about it's it. Oh, I'm just getting ready to go bring this up on this podcast tonight. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And he was raving about it too. 
Uh, Ethan Hawke directed it. Ethan Hawke directed it, and he is in it as a radio interviewer who's uh-huh. facing university. He's a voice. Uh-huh. I love uh, Ethan Hawke. Isn't he just me get, too. He's just getting gooder and gooder? That's what I've been. Uh, Tyler's a recent con- yeah. convert. You're, you're, when, your first reform, your recent first reform. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think there was. A, I think there was a lot in in Boyhood. I think he was doing good stuff, but I, it's too, just. Yeah. You know, he was a, a very specific type of 90s actor for a long time where there was kind of a... He was like this, poor man's this. dirty Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of qualifiers there. Um, yeah, just kind of this very hip, detached type of thing Yeah, um, that I think he used very well in stuff like, you know, uh, what, Reality Bites. and uh, yeah. But I remember thinking, like, often feeling like I could sort of see the strings, like I never totally bought him in uh, training day mm-hmm. uh, but well that's interesting I remember thinking yeah. he was pretty good I like training but, day yeah, I think that like training there are moments in training day where I think he's very effective but if you actually watch the way he's he's carrying himself like he he puts a he puts an expression on his face that looks like I'm trying to be tough like, or something I'm gonna try and be tough and be like a like a like a tough cop uh-huh. you know and part so of me felt and, more like an actor doing it than the character yeah and it could be you. the character like he's well, he's new to this maybe he's trying to posture a little bit so yeah. but but then there are other moments where he's just playing the raw emotion of it and he does great yeah um but i think in in what's interesting interesting about boyhood is that if you watch you know it's 12 years and you actually see him mature as a person and as an actor yeah and you see and it fits with the character completely and i think he's doing marvelous work in first reform. Like yeah. Just I, he, he lot, I never would have thought he would be able to lock into that type of character. And he absolutely does. Yeah. Um, I would like, I, you kind of have an idea of who your Paul Schrader lead actors are. Yeah. You got your, your Willems Dafoe, your yeah. next Nolte. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I wouldn't have thought that Ethan Hawke would work well yeah. with him. And he's, it, Perfect. I think yeah. it's great. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say it's a it was a re, it's a recent development, and it's me. also I mean for Paul Schrader, it's a real. Uh, he's just uh, he's get he's getting better. He's not getting bored with it all. Mm-hmm. That's the first Oscar yeah. nomination he got uh, yeah. ever, which, which is just mm-hmm. mind boggling, crazy to me. Yeah. But uh, anyway, back to I love yeah. Ethan Hawke too. I like in the in Boyhood when he goes, "I'm cool, Dad," or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's also great in those, and he gets better and better in those uh, before yeah, after yeah. movies. But I also love it. this isn't the Ethan Hawke profile episode, but I also I like an actor who's we've talked about this with certain people like Robert Duvall mm-hmm. or Gene Hackman, like an actor who's giving 100 percent no matter what the movie is. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, Ethan Hawke like a, is like in the first Purge movie. He's he is committed <laughs> to that movie. It's the worst of the Purge movies. But, uh, you know, he's he's there just as much as he's there in Boyhood. And I sure. think that's great. Um, and he, uh, what's the word? What was I going to say? Yeah. He, he's also leaning into his age and his yeah. like, you know, he's leaning into the way his voice gets a little raspier and gravelier mm-hmm. and the wrinkles mm-hmm. on his face and his, you know, he's just like, I like when an actor, it's like, guess, Ooh, I got a new tool. You know what I mean? Well, that's, and that's, that's what I mean is that like when he was younger, I think I genuinely felt that he was a bit detached and I, I often felt he was a little bit guarded. Um, but as he's gotten older, I think hopefully as we all get older, we start to 
realize that's kind of bullshit and we are a bit more willing to be vulnerable and be like, yeah, this is who I am. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what he's, what he has done. I remember I liked him in the movie tape as well. I never oh, saw yeah. that. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a very good movie. I don't know if I'd say a great movie, but he's very good in it and very raw. Uh, I also think that movie I, I've been actually thinking about revisiting that movie in a, you know, me too world sure, because absolutely. it's very much, uh, the, the storyline has a lot to do with things that have come yeah. up, um, uh, since then, yeah. um, you can watch that Oleana and then, uh, hate yourself for the rest of the week. Yeah. I never liked Oleana though. Um, As a movie, it's, I, I think it's deeply flawed as a play. It's, I think uh, I've never seen it you know. done well. I can reading the, reading the, 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 the script, the, mm-hmm. the play, reading the play, I could see there's a way to do it in a balanced way. I feel like the movie very much takes William H. Macy's side by the end. I, and that's honestly, I think it's because they, I think the actress that was cast is limited. I don't think she's, she's and, getting overpowered by. Yeah, okay. I think so. All um, right. But that's we're we're off topic. Yeah. Um, I will Josh, say, what was that? Oh, okay. So I will say that, uh, the thing that caused me to think of this as a, as a topic, um, I've been, uh, as I, sometimes do i got on a kick where i was just watching a lot of old uh, siskel and ebert clips on youtube mm-hmm. and they were talking about a film that, the name of which i actually don't remember but i think jessica lang played patsy klein sweet oh, dreams yeah. sweet dreams and it's so they on were, my list here that did I, you see it i didn't make it to sweet okay. dreams it's still um, in the pile from what, I, from what i hear you don't need to they didn't care for anything i know my friend marine who i did the marathon with she was all about sweet dreams but uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, and they were thinking, they just kept saying like compared to something like coal miners daughter. And they just talked about the formula of it and that sort of thing. And what seemed more original then now seems more perfunctory and that sort of thing. And I, and they, they went and I hadn't seen either one and I still haven't, but they mentioned like, okay, it's this beat, this beat, this beat. And I just thought like, Oh, okay. So obviously there's the musical biopic aspect, but there's also something, and and those are both true stories, but then something like Tender Mercies and Crazy Heart, mm-hmm. well, those are not true stories. And I just thought, like, there are a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I thought about, obviously, A Star is Born and that, like, that didn't, that wasn't about music at first and it wasn't about country music at first. But now, like, now there's been a remake of the 1970s one specifically yeah. in the world of country music. And, like, this idea of of I don't know there it's it was surprising to me and of course I'm a big fan of Nashville myself but I feel like that's actually that's even though it's in the world of country music I think it transcends that but uh but my, friend, also, my friend Maureen she she <laughs> felt like Nashville was too flippant and satirical to be included in our marathon oh that's a good, um, a good but, point but, I, I'm not a huge but fan I, I, you're not a fan I love it I think I, it's great and I think I, it's, I think it's legit to, but I also was surprised in researching I had forgotten technically Robert Alton made two country music movies if mm-hmm. you count A Prairie Home Companion sure yeah, I didn't movie, get to that one which uh, have you, you haven't seen it at all I've never seen Prairie Home Companion it's very I, good I really, really like you it. love it, yeah. it uh, I always hear mixed things some people are like well, we had a Harrison with his we had a um, I, I one like of our contributors on the website he didn't uh, stick with this column but he was doing a column on directors last films they made before they died oh yeah and A Prairie Home Companion is like Watching that movie, it's like you 
you get the impression that he knew was his last film. It's so oh, yeah. much of it is a movie about death. Yeah. Which uh, you don't expect from, from a prairie home companion. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, a, a really, it's a surprisingly melancholy film. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And so I was trying to think like, well, what is it about more so than rock and roll movies? I mean, there are, there are a fair number of those, but, uh, more so than that. And certainly I think more so than rap movies. Like there's just something about, about country music films and the idea of like the hard drinking kind uh-huh. of guy. And you've got your true stories, mm-hmm. uh, but then you also have the, the fictionalized ones. And and I was thinking, like, well, what, what is it about country music specifically that lends itself to to being uh, the subject of a, of a film? Do you do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, uh, based off some recurring themes that I observed in one of the ones I watched, and one of the ones I didn't, I missed, and I've actually embarrassingly never seen is a face in the crowd. Mm, um, that's a good one, and I yeah, and I'm like that that probably counts because he's kind of a country music singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like, I think face in the crowd hits that theme pretty hard in that a lot of some of the better ones and I think Nashville touches on it there's a lot of hypocritical characters and there's a lot of sincere characters and there's a lot of like posturing you know there's a there's a lot of scenes where you see the difference between like I'm showing up uh, to hustle and try to you know I'm going to to to, you know convince the DJ something or I'm I'm trying to get out there all the time you know Um, um, I'm not sure if that answered the question. Uh, well, I feel like saying. the main, weirdly, the main thing I think of when I think of through lines, that's not in all of them, but in, is in a lot of them is alcoholism. Yeah. Sure. That's such a big part of crazy heart. A star is born. Um, uh, Tender I, mercies. Um, I never saw Tender mercies. I oh, did see the terrible, uh, Hank Williams biopic from a few years ago. I that saw the light. So bad. It's that, that, so that guy, boring. I mean, come on. Huh? It's they, so they dull. Clearly it started with, Hey, Tom Hiddleston looks a little bit like Hank Williams. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I want. I want a movie yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that seems to come up a lot. But I wonder if it's, um, uh, to, again, to, like uh, going back to things that are more in the zeitgeist. Is that movies that more so than rock stars, country music, country music stars are like folk heroes. Sure. And rappers are too, but movies, some more movies have traditionally been made for the white mm-hmm. audience than a black audience. Maybe we will see uh, a sort of, um, uh, I feel like we've, there, there's been, you know, rap movies like you're, you're talking about. Maybe we'll see more of those, uh, in, in the future. But I, I wonder if it's, I thought of this when, when Josh said hypocritical, uh, or hypocrisy that the nature of a country star is about being authentic about being right. You know, I mean, even country music songs are kind of like that. They're some of them are very like, uh, purposely sentimental, you know, I, whatever I did wrong, I wish I could figure it out and get her back. You know, yeah. that's sort <laughs> yeah. of like, yeah. Um, but that like country music, country musicians aren't writing songs about like private jets and being given suits by Prada to wear to, to, to the awards. I guess what I'm or saying is probably like, I'm just a guy who feels more comfortable on the farm yet. I'm in this yeah. jet. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like and that's what, so that's, I think that's the hypocrisy you're th- thing I'm thinking of is that these guys and gals represent uh, they're supposed to be men and women of the people yeah that's the nature of the genre and the nature some, of how they're some held of it's up. also just like about the 
Well, like, I think it's also the folk hero version is the coming from uh, rags to riches and the mm-hmm. struggle. And okay. like, I didn't include walk the line in the, in my list or in my attempt at a marathon, just cause I don't think it's that great of a movie, you know, but I also it's the Johnny cat. Yeah, no, no, but, I know. it's James but, Mangold, right? Yeah. yeah he's he's made good movies. It's a, yeah, it's fine. It's a serviceable biopic, but like, I think the two lead performances are good. And I think, James Mangold, who's an action director, I think he brings those sensibilities to like their performances, like in the con on in concert. Uh And those are when the film really comes alive. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the time, again, the performances are good, but the rest of the time it's serviceable. I I I like both those actors, but I remember like, I mean, this is a snob in me and I was always a big Johnny Cash fan, you know, like, uh, seeing it and just being like, mm, this just feels so like Hollywoody, but like, and that's going to, well, I'll say this. That's going to happen with most biopics. You're going to get a star approved version of the story. Right. You're going to get a glazing over their life. Yep. What I'll say about coal miners daughter, it is, it does. It is unflinching. It just states kind of how it is. I'm sure, you know, in the Me Too world, it, people would have a field day with it, but it sort of is based off, I think, her book, and there's things about it that are like, whoa, this is uh, kind of just happening, you know? But if you can accept that as that's the story, then you'll see technically what I think is like a masterpiece performance-wise hmm. and the, the period detail and the costumes and the hair and just the, the sets is... I think that's like the best music biopic maybe ever in terms of just wow. quality and and um uh you look at the faces, you know, I mean probably Bound for Glory is also a pretty good one, the Woody Guthrie yeah. one. But but Coal Miner's daughter, they're really singing. They the she she really got the chops. Beverly D'Angelo plays plays Patsy Cline and she mm-hmm. nails it and she really sings too. Um and but just the hair. You know how no one in period details ever get the hair right? Oh yeah. And and like I found this side- Even though they are clearly working very hard on it and <laughs> yes. it looks like they worked really hard on it I, and, and it just takes you out of it. It looks like not real person hair. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a bad, just bad. I watched this, uh, I, I sometimes will find VHS found foot, footage stuff, and I found something for like a retirement or like a birthday party, 50th birthday party at a guy's work from 1985. And it's amazing. It's like an art, it's like an art piece. It's like, uh, no one will ever get the hair right in any movie or the no. clothes. It's just too specific and the feathering and the mm. the fluff. It's like, it's just spectacular. But for coal miner's daughter, for all these time periods, it's like they really nailed the hair, you know? Um, and uh, another interesting detail about that is that it's directed by Michael Apted, who made mm. the Up series, and it's his first uh, narrative, I think. Okay. And so he says in interviews like, that he didn't really know how to yeah. do that, and so he just had the actors stage the scenes until it felt, and just keep loose, and then he just shot it as if it was a documentary because that's where he came from and I think and you can kind of tell there's parts that feel super real and like even the extras they feel like they belong yeah. in this world it's it's great and uh, every Tommy Lee Jones is uh, you know it's weird how he, he has such a breakout role in that mm-hmm. he's kind of like the backbone of the movie you know um, it's really kind of like I mean uh, Sissy Spacek won an Oscar for it and she's amazing in it and she's got a great story but like uh Tommy Lee is kind of the, the more volatile, up and down, troubled right. character, more so than her. And uh, it's weird that his career kind of was in a 
you know, back pocket until, you know, JFK or something like that. Yeah. Um, and fugitive. Um, I want to go back to, um, you mentioned Bound for Glory. Does that, I didn't think of it. Does that count or is he a, he's a I folk singer? I didn't count it. I mean, it, it could be, if you, I think it's theme, theme adjacent. Yeah. And also, by the way, I didn't, for my standards, I didn't need it to be a biopic. I didn't need it to be about something. Like right. it, yeah. I, I chose ones, I just found me like, there's some like, I didn't get to or I couldn't find, you know, like if it's about a country singer, Trying to get a get across like there's all these smoking the bandit knockoffs, you know, <laughs> like there's like and then they're called Smokey and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, they just <laughs> nothing illegal about taking Smokey and making some crap movie, but uh, about with car crashes. So there's some movie about a country singer, Smokey and the something I have it in the list, but I, I couldn't find that one. Yeah, but uh, I wanted to see it. Um, I don't know. What should I? What, what did you guys? Well, you guys made I, some lists. I yeah, feel like I, you should I, rattle I, them off and say what you've seen well, and not seen. Speaking of folk, and the one I wasn't sure if it uh, if it merited inclusion, but I think it's a really good movie. 2001's Songcatcher, which is more about like mountain music, folk, bluegrass mm-hmm. type oh, of stuff. Yeah. But uh, Jenna Matier plays a researcher who goes into these like essentially untouched like Appalachian. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I thought you had it there. Uh, like Appalachian towns in in the in the hills, and like does the first. It takes place in like the nineteen tens or twenties, or whatever. Does like the first recordings of of this music. It's a really good movie, and the, and it will always stick with me because I went to see it in the middle of the summer in St. Louis, Missouri, at the Plaza Frontenac Landmark Theater. And I said, one for song catcher, please. And they said, we have to warn you, the AC is broken in that theater. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to see it. It was feels it, right. It was. And that's what I like. I, I, oh, it's pretty I, cool. You I got, you got like a little William I'm Castle. Humid. I feel like I'm in these, these, <laughs> these hills and these hollows and these hollers rather. Um, but uh, it will always stick with me uh, as being a, yeah, a very immersive and very sweaty experience. So, For those people who don't know, St. Louis gets very humid. Yeah. Side question: Are y'all country music fans? Yes, no. yes, very no, much. not at all. Uh, well, I mean, I okay, I like Roy Orbison. Mm-hmm. I do like Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed a little bit of Willie Nelson. Yeah. I don't like a lot of. I guess. Like the country that that was popular when I was younger, like in the '90s, like Garth Brooks and was I like Al, Alan Jackson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought it was like really produced in it, and the twangy felt the twang felt very false to me, um, and it just in the same way that I don't like super uh, electrified blues. Um, so what made you think to do a country music movie topic? Well, just aside from aside from just hearing those Siskel and Ebert reviews and just recognizing that, w- that it was a trend, um, I do think that uh, my favorite film is, is Nashville. Um, yeah. And I do think that... It, there, there's something about those movies that tend to lend themselves to really, really good performances. Yeah. Uh, it can also lend itself to really over the top performances, but yeah. you know, my favorite film, uh, sorry, my favorite actor is Robert Duvall, right. who He's at a this huge point fan who, uh, of country music. He's a big country music guy. Yeah. And like, not only was he, did he win the Oscar for tender mercies and plays a very, it's a very understated performance, but he, you know, Again, there's a certain rawness to the type of country that his character yeah. performs. But then he also produced and, and also Heart. acted in Crazy Heart. Did you see, have you watched a clip of him winning that the Oscar for that? No. 
it's he's he is so fun to watch in interviews because he yeah. kind of is a shit talker. Yeah. But he says it like it's so normal, like he's not, you know, like, well, Francis made a bad movie, you know? Yeah. Or, or like, you know, or he'll brag, but it doesn't come off like bragging. It just sounds like I'm stating, you know, it's my opinion. You know, like I think of it, that, that, that the country music community thinks that this is a, a good movie. Then I think we did something right. And I feel good about that. And that you got like he says that when he wins the Oscar. Yeah. And I want to thank them. And I want to thank, you know, and and I watched them just watch went on a Robert Duvall you know interview spiral and there's one where he's talking about not doing Godfather 3 and he's like I mean you know they're not gonna give me the money I mean it's not about the money but if they're obviously doing it for money you know and, uh, so if they're not gonna give me any you know like why should I do it and put in the work when they're not? something like that and yeah. then there was another good one where he was talking about and he was not afraid to like punch a sacred cow too yeah like there's one where he was talking he was like shit talking like Kubrick movies like Kubrick great camera work but the acting terrible terrible for actors you know and, <laughs> yeah, and he also like, said oh, he would, it's uh, like Shining sh- acting in The Shining not good acting you know acting in whatever it's not good and same with like uh, he talked about I, in one of his interviews he talks about the way Brando approached the character you know in The Godfather he's like I would never have approached it that way <laughs> yeah. you know I mean these people they're violent you want to see you know I mean you don't have any moment where he's explosive or something like that you know um, but, uh, he also said he would never work with David Fincher I don't know if you heard that because oh, really? yeah because Robert Duvall does not like to rehearse and he does not like to do yeah. any takes. Right. They're and so in, when he heard that David Fincher did like, does like a hundred takes of, uh, of a scene, he was like, no way. Yeah. In, in 2010, they did that like actors round table. Yeah. And so for like Oscar favorites. And so like Jesse Eisenberg was in the same room as Robert Duvall <laughs> for social network and get low. Duvall was not nominated for get low. Um, and so Eisenberg, talks about that opening scene in the social yeah. network and they did a hundred and you can see, and you're just reading it but the the fury of Robert Duvall it just jumps off the page he goes that's ridiculous that is bullshit like it's just like he's, he's angry that anybody would ever subject and he's not angry at Jesse Eisenberg like he feels terrible that he was put through that um and yeah. he you know and I remember, like, there's that moment in The Godfather where Tom is, has to tell uh, Vito that Sonny has been killed. And, like, they did three takes. And, and then I think, I forget if it was Coppola or Duvall who said, like, we, need, we should do one more. And on the fourth one is, like, he, he got, like, this voice crack. He started to kind of... Uh, get emotional and then like okay we got it and so like and i think four takes for duvall was like that's that's the most we're doing <laughs> yeah of um, i think I, I misspoke though when i said 100 takes because i think the story behind that scene is right? it's 99 yes and then david finch was like okay we got it i think jesse Eisenberg and rooney mara were like let's do an even hundred uh, and david finch was like no we got it <laughs> yeah <laughs> which at that point you're like I feel like the actors are, it would be, it's like, I think I have to quit. I'm yeah. sorry. You are uh, uh, some kind of monster yeah, at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. Documentary about uh, Metallica, um, not a country band. Oh, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Joe Berlinger documentary, some kind of monster. Right, Speaking of documentaries. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there is this film that I grabbed off my shelf uh-huh. uh, that I adore, that I just happened to, you know, I was working at a video store and we had one copy of it and it looked interesting. It's called Searching for the Wrong Eyed Jesus. Uh-huh. I've heard of it. Don't, haven't seen it. It is a documentary hosted uh, by Jim White, uh, a musician 
I guess uh, what I've heard like uh, alt country is an alt country musician um, that I became aware of. Through, is it newer or older? That's 2005. Okay. Um, but I had heard of him through David's recommendation of Johnny Dowd, um, who appears in this as well. And it's, it's a film that is primarily about the South and the South that you don't often see in movies. Um, and so as, a, but they also incorporate a lot of different types of, of country music. And sometimes it's a live performance. And so it is infused with music. It's a very, it's a unique film. Like I have, I find it hard to even describe it purely as a documentary. Cause it's not really documenting any one thing so much as a mood. Um, and it's, it's a, a what was that sort of a tone poem? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I really mm-hmm. love it. And I think, and, yeah. And I think the, the music in it is marvelous as well. Speaking uh, of, I have a number of things to say. Me too. Uh, you go one of the, one is that I, Love country music, but like Tyler David Johansson in it. From, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, go on. And the um, handsome family. Okay, yeah. like Tyler, I grew up hating like '90s radio country, and I still yeah. really like that stuff. I got my shtick about that too. And go I on. think I came to like the as much. Some of this is some of the the alt country slash no depression scene is pretty laughable too because it's like clearly like uh, no depression comes from uh, an Uncle Tupelo album, uh-huh. and so there's a certain wave of. 90s and early 2000s uh, all, all like country mason jar like, wedding type stuff uh, yeah exactly. that's what it became i think right. and so a lot of that is like clearly like city folks who are like isn't it funny that we're playing these songs you know and that's ridiculous but some mm-hmm. of it's really, it's really good yeah but through that i sort of got exposed to weirder stuff like fig chestnut and then older stuff like the flatliners uh, well, that's an old, old, but like that's the seventies, the flatliners, um, uh, basically made one album in the seventies. That is an absolutely perfect, uh, album. Uh, anyway, so, but back to documentaries. Mm, yes. I'm not sure if you counted documentaries. I did. I got a list of them and I've, yeah. Okay. So two I want to mention. Yeah. One is a poem is a naked person, which is the, the Leon, Leon Russell, Tulsa, Leon Russell, famous Tulsa boy. Yeah. Yeah. And Great then one. I've seen it. Leon Russell leads me into a movie that I don't know if you've seen, cause I don't think it's actually available anywhere, but uh, a few years ago, uh, the arrow showed it and that's Willie Nelson's 4th of July celebration. I own it on beta. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. I found it at a thrift uh, store and I was like, Holy crap. Because I know I've seen it. It's so I didn't see it at the era, but I saw it years ago. Someone yeah. knew had a print of it when we watched it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and Leon Russell is wasted. So drunk. And yeah. there's a certain, my wife and I now, now have a shorthand. I wish I knew for, they played that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you should have a shorthand for. My wife, when, uh, when someone's so drunk that they're not like, they're not like acting crazy or they're not falling asleep. They're just sort of like sitting and staring into the middle distance. Yeah. We call that Leon, Leon Russell drunk. Cause yeah. that's what there's so many shots during the movie when someone else is performing and Leon Russell just sitting on the side of the stage, like, hold, hold like the on drink. a Marshall stack, just like, you don't know, you don't have no idea what he's looking at. He's just, and, looking how, about, how about Doug Kershaw on that movie? Which he's one's a main, he? He's the f- guy with the fiddle. He's, oh, a Cajun, yeah. he's like the Kate. He's like the, um, kind of the founder of Cajun style country or whatever. Yeah. He's wearing like a, he's wearing like a ridiculous suit and he's just yeah. running around the stage fiddling. It's really an amazing concert film. Even yeah. if you don't like, country music but uh, One, uh <laughs> I, I own it on beta i've actually bought uh last year a beta player on ebay in great condition and i was so stoked to like and i have a stack of beta that's because that's just who i am yeah and uh and i have access to more in tulsa but i've put some found betas on there and then the the day the second day of watching betas and i was saving thank god the the uh leon russell drunk Willie Nelson for the July picnic. 
it broke. And so I just had some rip of mm. being there that just got stuck in the player and then I had to send it back to the guy on eBay and haven't, haven't made another effort to buy another one, but mm. uh, I own that. The last thing I'll say about William Nelson's 4th of July celebration is look, I get that it was I a thing. I can't find that on IMDb, by the way. Uh, yeah. Right. It's, I can't find a link for it on IMDb or um, I can't find out who directed it or yeah. Well, whoever just, directed it, like I understand it was a thing you can for find girls it. You to can be find on their cl- boyfriend's shoulders and like flash the band. Yeah. But did you have to include every instance of that happening in the movie? <laughs> there are so many. I mean, it's, a, do- it's a document of what happened. <laughs> yeah. It's a documentary. Technique. You're just being honest, David. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I think you can find clips of it on dailymotion.com. Okay. Hopefully they don't take it down now that I've outed daily motion. But, uh, uh one so, thing I want to say in my backstory also with country music, I, I have, I think I've always been in a, just a handful. Like I always like Johnny cash. I think since seeing the deal is gone, I listened to boy named Sue all the time as a kid. And I liked shell Silverstein books as a kid. He actually wrote a lot of famous country songs. Uh, but I didn't, I deal is gone. They had a video in the, 94 and I got really into Johnny Cash after that and then but I never really aside from maybe when I was like 19 or something I got into some Waylon Jennings but I never really got into Willie Nelson or any of those whatever and then at some point I got really into Jerry Reed because he's really funny in the Burt Reynolds movies and then so I always was kind of like a little bit of some of the basic stuff and then some point last year when Burt Reynolds came and was still alive and showed all his movies at the Arrow and the Egyptian I went and watched as many of them as I could and of course got me back into Jerry Reed and who plays you know he's the funny guy he's like you know he's the bad guy in gator and he's great and he's a bad guy in the survivors michael ritchie's survivors with walter matthew and ron williams anyway so i just started listening to a bunch of jerry reed and then i just started listening to all the other country stuff i knew and then i just st- stopped started going down a spiral and just never stopped and then uh but in the 90s i also like everyone in the 90s like I like all music, but country. Yeah. Country sucks. I There's actually a uh, Robbie Folks. I don't know if you know Robbie Folks. Who's but that? He, uh, he's a, a country musician and he has a song called Every Kind of Music But Country. Right. <laughs> About him trying is it, to. Is it in the, on, the 90s? It, yeah, that might be early 2000s. It was that same 90s stuff, though, too, yeah. that I was like, yeah, the cor- you know, corporate, big stadium crap. And it's like. Yeah, and that's still out there. I mean. But there was a kid in my elementary school named Scott. I can't remember his last name, but he was always bragging, like, my cousins are brooks and dunn and everyone i would always hear this this bickering in the background of the class in fifth grade no they are not but they are too my cousins are brooks and dunn i swear no and uh it was just always they are too and it's like i mean sitting like who cares country sucks brooks and dunn why that's a how can you there be a band called brooks and dunn but there's also garth brooks that's stupid too but like uh remember i went to a different school and then I uh, uh, caught up with my friend Gabe in sixth grade, and he was just catching me up on whatever, you know, because everyone I went to a different school than everyone else, and he was like, uh, "Oh yeah, by the way, I guess uh, Scott's cousin really is Brooks." <laughs> <laughs> As if this was something I needed to, you know, like you probably sh- should know. Yeah, we were all wrong. <laughs> um, uh, I still did a bit care. of trivia. My cousin, Michael McDonald. Really? Yeah, I've never met him. But uh, how? how are, what's the family connection? His mom and my grandma on my mom's side were our first cousins. Grew up together. He, oh. He's from St. Louis, but I've I've never met him. You believe that? No, I know it to be true. Oh, what a fool believes. <laughs> I uh, I have a cousin whose name is Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all I got. No relation. 
Um, also, the one I don't believe so much is that my grandma used to say that we were related to the Kennedys somehow. Right. I, I never got well, that. Well, you did mention that big Irish head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but I think actually it was through the, uh, what's, what's, uh, what was JF, JFK's mother's maiden oh, name? No it's idea. like a French name, right? Cause my grandma on mom's side is like a Ethel? French. I forget. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, well, I want to talk about some other things just worth mentioning if people are listening to this because they want some recommendations documentary wise. The original Heart Worn Highways. Have you ever heard of that or seen that? Um, I've stars, listened to the soundtrack. Yeah, it's a great a number of times. It's a great documentary. Yeah, it's great footage. It. Great, you know, like it's kind of like the roots of whatever they would call the outlaw movement of the seventies. And you know, there's a famous clip of Towns Van Sant singing a song, and then the guy on the porch starts crying. You know, uh, he's got a song called "Waiting Around to Die," and then the guy starts crying. And Towns Van Zandt's a character in Blaze. Yeah, so and, they, and they sort of, uh, I think, kind of ballsily betray him as uh, kind of an arrogant, arrogant asshole. Oh, okay, yeah. In the, uh, I could, I, I wonder. That's interesting because in the um, documentary, he's pl- played as like the outsider, sensitive, you huh. know, folky kind of country guy. But uh, there's also a modern. They took the brand of Heart One Highways and made like a, a new one of like new outlaw country you know youngsters from in nashville currently and i watched it you know it's it's fine it's but it's yeah. you know the, the musicians are all respectable it's like good. the decline of western civilization part two kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah they, and they're just taking heartworn highways and doing it um and then there's i found this rare documentary called the other side of nashville which was worth checking out and then there's one other one called the nashville sound it's just a lot of clips but it's cool stuff if you like that sort of thing um but uh yeah, I have a, I have a, a couple that I guess. Well, one of them is more of a question because I know that in rock and roll, if you go back far enough, it has a lot in common with blues, country, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm in terms of like the biopic, um, the Buddy Holly story. Yeah. Now he's. I don't think anybody ever considered him country. But he he definitely had a, yeah, he was Southern. He had Mm -hmm. the accent and his songs have a country sensibility to them. But, um, but I don't think I would consider it that. So great balls of fire. Also not a country music movie. Because Jerry, Jerry Lewis is pretty that's country. That's interesting, too, because there's also... He's, he's, if you want to look at it a certain way, yeah. extremely country. He, he's got some country albums, Jerry Lee Lewis, that are pretty good, yeah. actually, that from the 70s, you know. But but what's interesting that with make, that when you bring that up that's worth mentioning is there's a lot of recurring actors that yeah. bounce around. And if you include Great Balls of Fire, Dennis Quaid is kind of one of them because he's in this other one something Georgia or whatever I'd have to have to look it up because I didn't okay. watch that one I heard it's bad but not uh, Georgia rule with no, uh, Lindsay Lohan <laughs> no but um but Dennis Quaid is one and then Gaylord Sartain who's a Tulsa actor oh, yeah. you know Gaylord Sartain oh yeah he was in uh well wasn't he the one who was in all the Ernest movies yeah yeah, yeah. Eggs Aroni is yeah. and he go ah! And I, believe, and I believe he was in uh, Mississippi Burning. He's great well. in Mississippi yeah, Burning. Yeah, he is. But so he's uh, interesting. He's from Tulsa, that's why. And he had this local uh, character in uh, like a TV, kind of a TV character in the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, and he hosted, you know, spooky movies and stuff. And we, he and Gary Busey had basically a local sketch comedy show <laughs> in Tulsa. Wow. And so they were buddies. And he plays the big bopper in the Buddy Holly story. Um, oh, that's right. And uh, but uh, but he pops up in a few of these movies, you know, uh, Quaid, um, um, 
I feel like uh, Leslie Ann Warren is someone who mm. has a place in these country music movies. Um, Harry Dean Stanton, Christopherson's yeah. in a bunch of them. Willie Nelson, obviously, in a bunch of them. Oh Johnny yeah, did you ever Cash. see? I've never seen it, but I saw the documentary about Harry and Stanton. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and there's a movie they made that he and Chris Christopherson made together called Cisco Pike. That's when I was on my list. It's yeah, great. It's, is it? I count it. It's even though it's an LA one, but they're, they're singing country. Yeah. It's so good. It's like, yeah, well, I've heard of since I saw oh, the documentary. I wanted to see it. It's, have you seen it? No. Cisco Pike. It's one of the ones I was, I don't know whether I even get into. I got this big list. Like always, I don't want to take like four hours, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I, it's one of the ones I'd say is one of the best. It's about this, and it's like a, such an interesting time capsule of uh, music, and it's an interesting time capsule of the '70s in LA. Uh, Christopherson plays a it's his first real acting movie. He plays a washed up musician who uh, had a, a, a big band in the '60s, you know, in the hippie era or like country music hippie era, and then he um, has been re- relegated to selling drugs. And so he's trying to, he's on parole, he's trying to get clean. Gene Hackman plays this uh, cop who basically makes him sell a shit ton of marijuana for some screwy reason, you know, that's like he's not saying. He's in trouble, you know. And, uh, and he's got Karen Black, who's another recurring actress. Oh, yeah. and she's in Nashville and she's a bunch of other stuff. And, um, um, and, but there's a lot of stuff that takes place at the Troubadour and Harry Dean Stanton plays his old buddy who, and he's like really vain, you know, and he's like, I think I'm getting older. I'm scared of getting older, you know, and, um, it's great. And it's written by this guy or it's written and directed by a guy named Bill Norton, who I think he may have directed more American graffiti. Hmm. And, but he also wrote this movie that I started and didn't finish. That was really good. A country music movie called outlaw blues starring Peter Fonda about a guy who, um, gets his song stolen by a country music star Hmm. and, um, then gets out of jail and then tries to chase down the, the star who stole his song. And, uh, that's a good one too and the song is quite catchy actually I still got it stuck in my head but the song's called Outlaw Blues but Bill Norton and so he kind of is like a good you looking him up yeah he's still alive but he hasn't directed in about 10 years but he did lots and lots of television in the 90s but his 70s movies are worth noting and then what he wrote he wrote something else too there was someone else I noticed who like kind of had a uh, um, had like a well, fine. Oh, yeah. The person who wrote, I'll just rattle off some of these titles. The ones I, I'll rattle off some of the titles on the thing. So here's what I got listed. Coal Miner's Daughter, classic. Payday, which I think is the best of the best, if y'all haven't seen Payday. I have Rip heard things, yeah. Nashville Girl, which is a trashy exploitation movie, didn't get to it. Tender Mercies, classic. Mm-hmm. Columbo's Swan Song, where Johnny Cash plays the villain. Yeah. Hmm. Terrific. Can't go wrong. Um... Hard Country, which is a drama set in Texas where they kind of just hang around. It stars Kim Basinger, has a Tanya Tucker cameo, Gaylord Sartain's in it, and Jan Michael Vincent. Pure Country, starring George Strait, right. which sucked. Okay. <laughs> it was stupid. I, but I, and I, I was like, I'm going to include this one because it seemed like it counts. But I remember when I was a kid, at a, I was waiting in an airline at the airport and we were delayed and they're like, we're, we're going to do a trivia question. Whoever gets it right wins. And they asked some question. I thought, well, I'm going to get it right because I know movies. I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. And I didn't know it. And then a bunch of people shouted out, pure country. And I was like, what the hell is pure country? 
And uh, back to that country music, that sucks. So <laughs> I had it out for this pure country. Um, Sounds and, like and, for a good and, reason. And, and you know what? It wasn't because I didn't get that trivia question right. And you know what? I was right. It wasn't very good. Cisco Pike, Rhinestone, Outlaw Blues. I was going to ask about Rhinestone. I included um, it. I watched it. Uh, yeah, Stallone I, is bad. He is not... Um, He's really struggling to be funny in this movie. I, I've seen, I haven't seen the whole film. I've seen clips of it, uh-huh. including him singing, which is rough, unfortunate. Yes. Um, and one of my favorite, uh, it, it did produce one of my favorite uh, punchlines in uh, the critic, uh-huh. uh, the John Lovitz uh, cartoon show, where he talks about it's their it's his anniversary show. It goes twenty years, and that time we've seen Sylvester Stallone rise and fall. Rise and fall, fall further, but somehow rise again. Then he goes, "Who could survive Rhinestone? He's not human." I tells you, um, <laughs> it's it's fascinating because the you you hear the scripted dialogue and Dolly Parton for those that don't yes. know, like yes, it's a Dolly Parton vehicle. It's after nine to five, mm-hmm. and it's also him trying to branch out and do comedy and probably reach another audience or something. But it's that eighties type of dialogue that someone at the time like Steve Gutenberg would have nailed or yeah. Bill Murray at, at the best, you know, where it's like, Hey guys, I'm uh, having a little bit of fun here. Okay. Well, let's do a little aside here. Okay. Well, that's, uh, you're going to eat that. Okay. Enjoy. All right. So, okay guys, I'm getting out of here, you know, and it's Stallone doing that, but he just doesn't nail any of it. And it's all <laughs> scripted. It's like, Hey, I'm over here. Sorry, guys. Give me a break. I can't get the words out of my mouth fast <laughs> enough. I'm talking. I got no comedic timing or a choice to make. And it's his eyes. His face is just only, am I pretty? Am I pretty? I hope I'm pretty as opposed to any kind of acting. It's really strange to watch his performance. And it's, and so I did want to use that to whether it's a, whether it's actually funny or not, uh, it is uh, an attempt at comedy. And so I did want to talk about, you know, we, we mentioned that the, the potential of hypocrisy, uh, within like the world of, of country music. Um, and I do think that you could say this about the South in general, but, um, clearly Hollywood for the most part does not seem to have much regard for the South, uh, for the most part. Um, and I mean, honestly, like even a movie like Green Book, where it's right. just like, ah, well, thankfully we're back in the north, yeah. the nice civilized north. Um, and uh, and so I think the idea of country music being seen as a as itself a punchline, you know, I think of a movie that I adore the blues brothers uh-huh. and they go to Bob's country bunker yeah. and it's just this bunch. And, and it's that, that wonderful, shit kickers. it's like a shit kicker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they just have that wonderful. It's like, it's like, now what kind of music do you play? Or it's like, Oh, we play both kinds. We play country and Western, <laughs> yeah. you know? And just this idea of like, just unwelcoming, to they're the unwelcoming. They're very narrow. There are only yeah. two kinds of music. Um, and, and that these uh, dumb rednecks can be uh, satiated by playing the theme for right. raw, rawhide. Um, I mean, it is satirical, but it is, it is funny yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it is interesting how the the if they're particularly the, the South ones, mm-hmm. if they come off as like not welcoming or whatever, you know. Yeah. 
Um, the I feel like anything with Willie Nelson, and maybe it's also just because he's just like you know having a good time, you know, yeah. liberal who's always smoking weed. But for some reason, he exudes this sort of like, okay, we're just having fun, you know, yeah. like, well, come on, I, you gotta love the guy, come yeah. on, now. okay, well, that's what he's done, or yeah. even when he's act, when he sometimes because he'll like appear as an actor in things, yeah, and he just plays it like. He's, he's not okay, I'm having fun, you know. Like, in Barbarossa in, or Thief or whatever. Barbarossa is in it's Gary Busey, yeah. Right? yeah, it's a weird one. Um, uh, but like, yeah, and Wag the Dog, admittedly, he's playing a country musician, but uh-huh. it's just stuff like you know, he's working on this song, and then someone says, uh, Hey, we actually need you for something else, and he's like, I was just on my way to get drunk, and just like, <laughs> just so matter of fact, yeah. but the kind of thing that. A country, mu- a country music mu- musician would say that. Right. Um, and, and so I do think that uh, I, I'm perfectly, you know, I, I, I'm fine with a movie being whatever it's going to be and, and calling and taking to task whatever part of the country or whatever yeah. audience it wants to. But I do think that, um, I don't know, it's, I feel like uh, Southerners, and as somebody who moved from... You know, the ca- well, I was I'm from well, California uh-huh. and then I lived in Denver. And from there, we moved to southern Missouri, which yeah. uh, w- certainly saw itself enough as the south. That uh, part of it. That, does, yeah. um, I mean, you're like, still from Arkansas there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and oh, they'll bash Arkansas all day long. And I remember laughing and being like, y'all are the how same. Do, how do you think people <laughs> view you? Um, but uh but I, that's the thing is I definitely came in with a very specific attitude about these hicks and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, you, you were sort of like above it. You were yeah. like, I mean, I was six, an intellectual. Yeah. I was 16. Yeah. Uh, and, and as time has gone on, it's just like, of course there are some very terrible things that have happened in the South. I'm not going to act as though that's not the case. And that, uh, but I do, there are times when like, I think one of the things that I like about certain, um, certain country music movies and this documentary searching for the wrong eye Jesus is that it acknowledges that like not, not unlike state and Maine, uh, which is not about the South, but it's about like a small town mm-hmm. is that, uh, they're like, Oh, this, uh, it may seem simple. These, these people may seem simple and certainly the musicians may present themselves as like simple people, right. but they still deal with tremendous complexity, uh, and that sort of thing. And so that's, that's what I think that's, the, you want something eat, that gets down that gets down to it yeah. like that, and, the, and yeah. the really good ones are able to hold both at the yeah, same that's, time. But there are bad I, ones, like because you, yeah, you're talking about bad depictions of the South in, in the sense of depicting them as dumb and racist, right? But there's the opposite where there's the patronizing depictions of oh, like, sure. oh, this is wholesome, uh, or, yeah. Or, and so there's uh, a country music with movie. Walk the Line. It's okay. They, just, they, they show some like tough stuff as a kid a little bit. They touch on it, and then it's like. Ooh, he struggled and whatever, but it's just, it doesn't really, it's a superhero movie. It doesn't, it's the same with like that trash rag Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a superhero movie. You know what I mean? This isn't a movie, but it's like every scene is like, uh, oh no, the band, what are we going to do? The band's in trouble. I'll shut up. You. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to be fierce. The fiercest fucking band in the world. And that was a weird choice for Joaquin Phoenix to do the, uh, the British accent. It took me longer to figure out Bohemian Rhapsody. It took me longer to figure that out than I'm proud to admit. Well, but anyway, the, but I, I feel like coal miner's daughter, which I forgot. There's something you said that I was like, coal miner's daughter does it well, where it's like, it's not, 
it's showing something with gray areas where yeah. there's, a, there's a reason it it's hurts to see. There's a reason it's offensive, but it's this is the story, and the you know this is just kind of the way it was. And sometimes this thing that we look at today maybe is not good and not right. But just that's how it happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's sort of what you're saying to a degree, even though. Maybe I don't know. You're talking about more specific or sophisticated. Just the, things I mean, wisdom. the the again. I'm talking about the good ones, and I do feel like walk the line. Even though there are things I like about it, I do think it's very sanitized. Yeah, uh, in a lot of that's ways. That's a good word for it. Um, oh, you should see the the bad example I was going to uh, point out was a movie from a year or two ago called Forever My Girl, which is that sounds familiar. Which it, one is that? It's not very good. It's uh, basically about a um, guy who leaves his uh, fiance on their wedding day to because he has an opportunity to be a famous musician and then he goes on and becomes famous and of course talking about hypocrisy now he's corrupted he's a drunk he needs to get back in touch with his small town so he goes back (laughs) and sort of what i mean that's another one getting in touch with the past yeah i mean crazy heart kind of has that tender mercies kind of has that where he's like finding himself but on the bloated level pure country is that it's about a corporate stadium guy who just gets tired of it and then he finds some woman in a farm town, and yeah. just he just leaves and gets away. And then he comes back to it, and he's yeah. refreshed because he's yeah he regained his yeah he got, he got the pure country back. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so okay, we we should wrap up soon, but All keep right. putting down your list. Well, I wanna, I the wanna... other thing worth mentioning: okay. so the the guy who wrote Alice doesn't live here anymore and Bound for Glory. Alice doesn't live here anymore counts. You know, oh, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Scorsese directed, but yeah. it's she's struggling. She wants to be a singer, yeah, and she just got all these bad odd jobs. And Chris Christopherson happens to be in it. That's a plus. It's written by. I found some connections. This guy named Robert Getchell, who wrote Bound for Glory and Sweet Dreams. Oh, wow. um, and uh, the movie Stella with Bette Miller, which I've never seen, and the remake uh, Point of No Return and This Boy's Life and The Client. Anyway, that guy. Uh, so the ones I saw. I'll just list them off real quick, and, okay. and people can look them up because to, to appease my uh, OCD brain, we got to continue. There was Cisco Pike, Rhinestone, Outlaw Blues with Peter Fonda. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Didn't watch it. What comes around, which is written and directed by Jerry Reed about a country a country singer who uh, uh, gets sober, sobers up. Another recurring yeah. thing. Yeah, and then he realizes his manager's been stealing from him, and this is cool because. Bo Hopkins, if you know that character actor, and Jerry Reed, who look very similar, play brothers. Uh, very exciting for me. So What's we, that one called again? What uh, comes what around? Comes around. Okay. It's fun. It's not the best, but it's fun. And Jerry Reed is, you know, he plays kind of a version of himself. Um, Sweet Dreams, the biopic. There's a documentary I didn't watch called Graham Parsons' Fallen Angel. There's a movie I didn't see. Johnny Knoxville. Grand Park. Theft Parsons. Yep. Yeah. You seen it? No. Bad, probably. Probably. I bad. Yeah. And I guess Wait, they like they have to like take Do we his... know someone who's in that? I think we do. And now I can't remember who it is. Wait. No, is it, Paul, is it Paul Goebel? He I did a movie Go- with think, Johnny Knoxville. I, I think Goebel. Clint, Clint Culp? You know Clint Culp? I don't I feel know. Like he's I think Goebel's in it. I think you're right. I think, yeah. While y'all look, I'll keep talking. Okay. Honeysuckle Rose, starring oh, Willie yeah. Nelson, directed by Jerry Schatzberg, um, and shot by Robbie Mueller. And that's just basically oh, really? Willie Nelson playing himself on the road again. And that, this, that was the premiere uh, movie with that song. And it's got Slim Pickens in it. And it's got, I think, uh, Diane Cannon. And uh, I can't remember who else. Then there's another one, Songwriter, 
Y'all seen oh, this? No, I saw, when I was looking up, I, I saw... Written and uh, directed by Alan Rudolph, Altman's protege. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it stars Christopherson and Nelson, Willie Nelson, and it has Rip Torn in it. Uh, and Leslie Ann Warren. So it's got all these uh, people coming back again. Um, and then there's one called Nashville Rebel, which is kind of one... Of, they, there was this trend of country music movies yeah, where they just like get a whole bunch of... Uh, they get a whole bunch of just performances and slap them together. There's mm-hmm. one called Road to Nashville. Mm-hmm. I saw on Amazon where there's like this goofy guy like, oh, yuckety yuck, boop, 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 well, I'm walking around. And he goes from like studio to studio and it's just like, well, here happens to be Marty Robbins from El Paso. And then, well, here we go. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. It's... You know, I don't know who else. Patsy Klein, you know, well, I'm crazy. And then he and then he's just kind of this buffoon as a semi story. Um, but Nashville Rebels won like that. But it stars Waylon Jennings before who connected to Buddy Holly. Fun trivia. He was in Buddy Holly's band yeah. and he uh, was supposed to be on the plane. But oh, really? but um, Buddy Holly made him take the bus because he was the youngest and he made a joke as he was getting on the plane. He said, well, I hope you're playing crashes or something like that. And then he never got over it that he made that joke. Mm-hmm. And so he was like haunted by it. Um, but uh, as a country musician, I wonder how he dealt with that. <laughs> yeah. With uh, as depicted in the movie Crazy Heart. <laughs> Jeff, Bridges. Jeff Bridges is also someone who like is recurring country guy. He, he is now. I feel, well, I guess, you know, even back in like last picture show, I guess there's a yeah, there's that quality to him. And he's like Duvall in that regard where you're like, it's like about, at this point, like. 60% of your performances are with a southern accent. Yeah. Despite you not sounding sort like of that. Craggy Crowfrogger. Yeah. He's, but there's, yeah, there's that. There's the last picture show. There's Texasville, the sequel, which yeah. I rented, didn't watch. Then there's uh, Rancho Deluxe, directed by Frank Perry, mm-hmm. which has a scene in a honky tonk. It's pretty good. But, mm-hmm. And it's got Harry Dean Stanton, but that's thematically adjacent. Mm hmm. Y'all seen The Thing Called Love, directed by Peter Bogdanovich? Is that with Samantha Mathis? Yeah, and River Phoenix. That, uh, I watched as a kid, and then I couldn't get excited to watch it again, but I do have it. Nashville, classic. Glenn Campbell doc, I'll Be Me, you seen it? No. About his uh, final, yeah, I started to watch it. I was like, oh, I might cry. I'm turning this off, watch it later. (laughs) And it's about uh, his final battle with uh, Alzheimer's, or his final tour. Um, and so it's it, and then I I included the TV movie The Gambler starring Kenny Rogers. Okay, where they made a movie off of his song. Features Clue Gilliger. Yeah, also from Tulsa, great actor. Also, Clue Gilliger is in the Made for TV movie about Hank Williams Jr. Bo Cephas, <laughs> starring Richard Thomas. Hmm. Uh, you can John watch that Boy. on YouTube. Yep, John Boy. There's also a fun clip of uh, Hank Jr. talking about, oh, I don't want him. I didn't want John Boy playing me, you know. But I thought he's a pretty good actor. It's his job, and he did damn good. That's a whole other discussion about persona, the cult of persona. Sure. And yeah. him, and he invented a persona. I remember, what was, I, I hate to bring up The Apprentice, The Celebrity Apprentice, but um, there was a, I can't remember who it was. There was a country music star who was, did a season of Celebrity Apprentice, and much like Josh is doing now, wore his hat the entire season. Oh, I'm sure. Like indoors it's in a, the boardroom. It's board a thing. But I feel like, yeah, it, it. But I feel like it highlights not in your case, but in like the case of a country music star, the fact that they're wearing their hat while they're like 
on stage in an award show just highlights how fake it is. To when me. I was a kid, like, I watched take off your hat when you come in the real world. Did you ever watch the real world yeah. on MTV and the LA one with the, with the country singer guy? I don't remember like, that. This that was an tr- early, that was, that was like season the, two. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is a true story. True story. And, uh, that guy, I think he always wore his hat on the show. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird. It feels so, are y'all affected. Bert, are y'all Burt Reynolds guys? You like Burt? Um, see, so yeah, we did an episode on him that yeah. wasn't well received because people said we didn't watch enough of his movies. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised y'all aren't Burt guys. I'm not, I not dislike a Burt guy. I just haven't seen, you just didn't dip he, into he's, he's acted in so many terrible movies. Right. Um, that there, there are only a handful that are, that are regarded as essential. That's the thing. If, if you're a Burt person, you dig into the dirt of Burt and then you realize there's more Burt than you thought. <laughs> so I like deliverance and smoking the bandit. I, mean, right. I don't like smoking the bandit, but I like him and smoking the smoking bandit. It's good. Just admit it. It's, I like, it's, it's good. good. They stuff. pulled it off. It's good. Uh, I, I like when, uh, what's Jay, Jay, the Jackie Gleason son when he loses it. My head blew off. I wish your goddamn head was in it. <laughs> <laughs> Very few people. There's just something about, uh, Jackie Gleason saying, I think we said this at the time, they're like he can say goddamn right, yeah. in a way that's just like just the just the way goddamn. Oh, the other one thing. The other one I love from the movie is uh, uh, give me a Diablo sandwich and a Dr Pepper and make it quick. I'm in a goddamn hurry. But uh, do yourself a favor and watch Gator. Yeah, that was on my list. Directed didn't get it, there. but I see he, he also directed for, Sharky's Machine, which I don't think is very good. Sharky's Machine is forgettable, but. It's real Gator. It's real brawny. It's real dumb. Gator is a masterpiece, and you might enjoy it. Gator's. I think it's a sequel to White Lightning, but Gator's better. Okay. Or Grease Lightning. I can't remember. White Lightning. Yeah, White Lightning. Anyway, there's one that I didn't get to called WW and the Dance Kings, and that's. I think it's on YouTube, and it may even be public domain. But um, um, and then there were some other ones. I don't know. Y'all are getting ready to you, get out of here. Yeah, well, you didn't mention uh, 2010's Country Strong. I didn't mention Country Strong and the Great Leighton Meester. Yeah, the big Leighton Meester. Fan. The Great Leighton Meester. She's she passed away. No, <laughs> not uh, the late, late There's great also two back to back TV movies: The Last Days of Frank and Jesse, directed by famous. Uh, veteran TV movie director William A. Graham, starring Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson. Sits, uh, he makes an appearance. Also features David Allen Coe and a cameo by Waylon. And then there's a TV movie called Stagecoach, which features directed by Ted Post, Clint Eastwood's guy, mm-hmm. and that also has all four highwaymen. And then I have this VHS of Waylon Jennings. It's called Waylon Jennings America, and it's got all these cameos with like Johnny Cash. And it's got a Robert Duvall cameo in it, mm. where it's like a funny, stupid clip of Waylon Jennings like talking to a therapist. You know, like I guess I'll try therapy. <laughs> this whole thing, I'm stressed out. I hope. And so Duvall plays like you know an intellectual therapist, and he's like, "Well, we'll talk about your mother. Talk about what, you know." It's very simple way, but it's still funny. And then when it's over, and then a music video happens, and then when uh, when it's over, Waylon Jennings gets up and walks out, and Duval says, "Well, how do you feel?" And then he turns around, and he's 
suddenly Johnny Cash, and he goes, "I feel great." <laughs> <laughs> kind of implying like, if only I could be as confident as Johnny Cash. <laughs> and after therapy, he's Johnny Cash. Um, okay, sorry. Did you have more to your list? There's um, there's no, there's Bronco Billy, which I didn't. Some some adjacent ones I didn't get to, which I don't think are country. Like Bronco Billy, which I hear is good. I also own the last movie, which I still haven't watched. The mm. Dennis Hopper one, yeah. and that's got right. Fonda and Christopherson and. Seems adjacent. And yeah, then, I saw that documentary, The American Dreamer, which is a documentary oh yeah, about Dennis one. Hopper. Yeah. It includes him editing the last movie. How, yeah, but, have you seen the last movie, though? No, I never have. I, I, I don't think I like him. I don't really like Easy Rider very much. Really? Why? Not uh, even in the context of uh, I, I think history. Yeah, you you know, have to get into the context. That's sort of how I, I watch everything. I'm like, what was, yeah. you know, sometimes maybe for, for better or worse, sometimes I'll just watch it. I go, when you think about what was done prior, then this yeah. is cool. But you can't control how um, something has been imitated. Or But then there's a... Uh, he also directed what's that uh, Tom Berenger Erica Eleniak comedy Chasers uh huh I remember when that came out which by the way is the second time in like a month that Erica Eleniak has come on this podcast well I hope she comes up again (laughs) Um, the ones I like the most uh, Coal Miner's Daughter Tender Mercy Payday which I don't think I want to talk a bit more about that because that also features a lot of that posturing uh, Rip Torn plays, you know, essentially a total sociopath singer, and he's phenomenal, and it's probably his best performance. And um, and he's just—I don't know—he's like he's a, he's a womanizer, and he's like he he like uh, makes someone like take the the take the uh, blame for like a murder he's responsible for in the movie. And uh, um, what else can I say about Payday? I don't know. It's great. All right. I don't know how to speak critically about it. So a couple things that I wanted to mention. Um, and yeah, I've heard, I've heard wonderful things about payday and I've also heard that rip torn just is that person. Right. Uh, well, it's weird. It's like, there's like these seventies trickle down, um, Nicholson imitators, right. even though torn rip torn was around before Nicholson. And I didn't know the trivia that he was supposed to play the part uh, that Nicholson played in easy rider, but oh, they wow. got, but he pulled a knife on Dennis Hopper. And so he was fired or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, and Nichols, but what a weird choice to like, well, let's just get our buddy Jack and that they're so kind of similar, you know, yeah. at the time, but what, what are we saying? About Rip um, Oh, just uh, a couple other things that I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say this is a Jason, but we were talking, you mentioned Vic Chestnut earlier and you know, we haven't talked at all about Dwight Yoakam. Um, oh, yeah. and I will say that, uh, sling blade though, not a country music movie does feature country well, music performers. Dwight actually, Yoakam you know, and Vic Chestnut. Yeah. And, what is that? and they do perform at one point. And then there's that one but guy I, who does the terrible poem. I like Vic Chestnut is talking about, I can't remember what the song name is. But he's, he's like, he's like, we're going to have a song and it's going to be called this, this. And then the part's going to be in parentheses, you know, like they do in country songs. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So it's this very long song title <laughs> yeah. that he tells you which parts are in parentheses. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Vic Chestnut. But also Dwight Yoakam is great in Red Rock West. Oh, yeah. He sure is. That's, yeah. And that song, I was going to bring that up and then you brought it up first. That's a good movie. <laughs> it really it's, is. I love and that, that director... John Dahl. Yeah, he's yeah. like a... He does a lot of TV now. Yeah. yeah. But he, he was like a little like 90s auteur type guy. That he was. He made The Last Seduction. Yeah. He made... He did The Great Raid. Uh, he went on to make... Joyride uh, he made, which is great. He was, Joyride is He was like somewhere... And it's weird when we watch Red Rock West now because it's like somewhere between... 
Tarantino and David Lynch, you mm-hmm. know, but his own thing. It's like in that period where it's like, this is a voice that's kind of happening, you know, but it's also not as interest. It's not quite so interested as being in being as surreal as or quirky as those. Like in, yeah. in many ways, it just feels like a slightly more self-aware throwback. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about it. Um, I think um, we're missing a nineties John Dahl movie though. Uh, I think we probably. Uh, are well, as well, there's the one. What's the one with Val Kilmer that he made? Before? Kill me. Oh, kill, kill me, me again. again. I never saw that. Yeah. I never saw either. But the trailer oh, he did, was amazing. Uh, he did Rounders. I always forget. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which I haven't seen that in 20 years. I don't know if it holds. Up. I remember thinking there are things this. I liked about it at the time, but when I think back, I'm like, I don't know if I'd like it that yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joyride yeah. is great. I watched Joyride the day that Paul Walker died as a tribute mm. because it's uh, Joyride is marvelous. Really great movie. You, you ever seen Joyride with a? Uh, I've never seen it. And Steve Zahn. Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, Lily yeah. Sobieski, and Ted Levine is the bad guy. Uh, yeah, I feels with, like he should. I worked with Ted Levine on this uh, new show. How's yeah. he doing? Um, he's a great guy. He, he seems like he's doing well. He seems like he could. He should play a country star in something, right? I wonder if he has. I feel like he, he, he has. Like he's played. He seems like he's played kind of everything. Yeah, yeah. He's just. It's it's weird with his voice and his his screen presence. You'd think he'd be more limited, but he actually. Is they been able to do a yeah. surprising amount of, of different types of parts? Yeah. yeah. Um, I did want uh-huh. to. Uh, oh, and then as far as uh, Dwight Yoakam, uh, he's also wonderful in uh, Logan Lucky. Um, he has, I thought it was really good. He's always good. He's always good. When I first um, moved to Los Angeles, uh, the first job I had was working at a makeup effects company, and some celebrities would come in. And I'd watch them get their a live cast, you know, mm-hmm. which I guess famously some celebrities have a hard time with. Some actors have a hard time with that. I can understand it. Uh, but uh, so I saw some be bit uh, divas mm-hmm. and I won't name names because maybe you can get in trouble for that. I don't know. Um, we wouldn't. But uh, you wouldn't name a name. <laughs> no, I'm we, wouldn't we wouldn't get in get trouble. trouble. You, right. Yes. <laughs> or the, the. Yeah, I guess so. But then I could say it wasn't me who said it. It was the other guys. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, but Dwight Yoakam came in and he seemed very nice. Well, that's funny because I also have a Dwight Yoakam story from one of my first jobs mm-hmm. in Los Angeles was I worked at the Arclight. Uh-huh. And uh, Dwight Yoakam came in and ordered a Diet Coke with his popcorn whatever he got. And he said, put a lot of ice in it. Uh-huh. And then as I was putting ice in it, he kind of leaned over the counter and looked in the cup. He said, put a little more. <laughs> so Dwight Yoakam <laughs> likes a lot of ice. He knows what he wants. <laughs> um, uh, I, like, I, also, I like more ice. All I right. also had a brief temp, temp job uh, just working the desk, front desk at a place that did ADR. And um, everyone was nice uh, who came in, uh, particularly friendly. Orlando Jones oh, yeah? came in once, and he I guess he rides a motorcycle. So I saw this right. guy in all black, and he stole his motorcycle helmet on. He got in, and I was like, this guy looks so intimidating. And then he took off his helmet, and it was Orlando Jones, and he was so friendly. Yeah. I was very happy to tell Orlando Jones where he could go do the ADR for Probably Primeval. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Fun the right trivia, I think the first time I ever heard uh, e- what an email address was, was had to have been like, or very early '90s, the TV channel FX was new. Uh-huh. They had like licensed in living color episodes, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what maybe Twenty One Jump Street episodes or something like that. And it was the the it was uh, it was just them in like some weird studio hanging out. It was Orlando Jones, Jeff Probst, who would go on to host Survivor, yeah. and this other uh, woman who was like a host type named Karen something, not Karen Duffy. 
but uh, she was also previously on MTV. And I just remember like these people, where are they hanging out? What is this? What what is this thing? It's and it's it's called FX. Welcome to the new channel FX. We're showing shows. We're hanging out. I'm Jeff Probst. If you want to email us, and I'm like email. This feels so new. What yeah. is this? Go ahead and email us. Our email is something like. It was just like a random email. Yeah. It would do. It wasn't. It wasn't like fx at fx dot com or anything. It was right. like fx at or hello at delphi dot net. <laughs> and it was like on TV. And you just clicked on fx because you thought you were going to watch Brian Dennehy. That's what I was the, hoping. The for. I, I, Revolution. I couldn't really get my head around why is the channel called FX, but there's a movie. Side note: FX two. Remember how no one knew what FX was until FX two came out. <laughs> There was trailers for FX2, and it's like, FX2? What's this cool-looking movie? FX, Mom, what's FX2? There's a movie called FX. Well, what's that? Why is it called FX? What's that stand for? FX, like, effects. Oh, can I see FX2? It's not out yet. <laughs> well, where did I see FX1? Okay, let's go rent it. <laughs> so that's how I found out about FX, and I think most people did as well. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap things up. You, you, you we've ended think, on a country music movie, FX, The Deadly Art of Illusion. <laughs> you would think that'd be a good place. I will say uh, something that we haven't mentioned is that there was a uh, a movie devoted solely to like uh, parodying these, which was Walk Hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you ever see Walk Hard? I did see it. It's I did as well, and it's a perfectly fine movie, but one of the things that I find so fascinating about it is that it is... It's as a comedy, it's fine, but after a certain point, and it's sending up, you know, all these, all these uh, biopic stuff. After a certain point, it stops being funny, and it starts taking the characters seriously. It's almost like it was so committed to creating this that it actually started to just embrace what's appealing about them. Uh-huh. And after a while, it's just like I haven't laughed in a while, and not because they're doing stuff that isn't funny. They're actually just now telling a story, but it's about no one that actually existed. Yeah, and it was so interesting, and I think it's it it speaks to it's like an interesting failure, as someone might say. Or yeah, uh, yeah, it's there's a whole sea of people who do like like young people. There's weird how the movies that are considered failures or bombs. They found they find audiences. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, but there, I think that happens with every generation. There are movies, I'm sure, from when we were kids that we liked and were not well reviewed at the time. And now, yeah, no, I'm, oh, I, Cl- I, uh, Clifford. That's my big. That you, critics hated it. I loved it. My brother loved it. You loved it. Everybody I knew, Clifford's all my friends. Great. Yeah, and I think since then, uh, maybe just because. The adults now are us, yeah. but uh, but I feel like people have have caught on. But like we all at age like twelve, oh yeah. we knew <laughs> we knew yeah. Yeah. Clifford was where it was at. I, think I, I don't I, know why I saw Clifford in the theater. <laughs> I, I think I remember also feeling a little like uncomfortable with it actually like it was it's, a little too it's not pissed easy. off <laughs> you know that's how i felt Gr- when i movies, saw mars Gr- attacks in the theater i was like a high school okay. freshman and i was like the movie is so like nihilistic like just characters are constantly dying awful deaths yeah and i didn't get why that was funny i think as a kid and i watched yeah. mars attacks again last like fall and I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember seeing it and feeling like a little, like you, I was seeing something I wasn't used to seeing and yeah. then, but like looking back, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. But again. Tim Burton it's didn't make, really it doesn't make those type of edgy choices anymore. No, he sure doesn't. Not with Dumbo. Oof. I didn't see it. Yeah. You don't need to see it. It has the, no, 
it all, it's all sanded down. There's no edge to it at all. Another one I remember though, also real quick, the the like those early experiences of you know when you sometimes you, you're a kid and you go see a movie and you're like I already know I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna like it no matter what. It's yeah. gonna be good. I'm gonna and then occasionally there'd be one where you're like oh, I think I didn't like it. I yeah. don't understand. But sometimes it would take me a long time. Like, well, I'd I was leave, saying, well, I'd I went leave, to see, like the theaters having seen like. I would Twister see, Independence Day and be like, that was so great. And then no, like, no, I'm talking about that immediate response when you're young and like, I went to see Lightning Jack with, uh, <laughs> with Paul Cuba Hogan. Gunning Jr. Yeah. and Paul Hogan, thinking uh-huh. I'm going to love it. There's no way I won't. And I left being like, did I not like that? I think yeah. I didn't like it. I think it's because like when you're a and kid, same with the cowboy way. Also, actually, oh boy, I think I, I was so cowboy. ready to to like the cowboy way with Kiefer and Woody yeah. Harrelson. Anyway, what were you saying? I think when you're a kid, you're so used to like, you know, if I, as long as I get what I want, regardless of what it is, I win and I'm happy. And then you see movies and you're like, I wanted to see this movie. I just, and I have now, so I'm happy. That's but you point, get, yeah. but you get a little bit older and suddenly you're like, I got what I want, but it's not what I wanted it to be. I'm not happy. What's going on here? This is very strange, and uh, that's uh, that's a tough moment. And yeah. I and I don't remember. I I was not happy with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Right. Uh, I, I think it took me longer because I think I just liked going to the movies so much. What do you think's the first time that you realized that I I thought I was going to love it and I didn't? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to say. Sometimes uh, it's my, hard to say, my cause I remember loving. I don't know. I guess Sister Act probably holds up. There were uh, I don't few, know. I haven't seen it in a long time. There were a few but I loved like Spy Hard, which I know now Spy Hard oh, is not good. You can say you like, loved it. There, there are some movies <laughs> that my parents would uh, drag me to, and I fought tooth and nail. You know, I hate that. I don't want to see it. It's stupid. And they wanted to see it, and then they 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 well, they walked out. And then I like one of them. I which was irresponsible because you were still in the theater. <laughs> well, sometimes I think they might have left me to finish. Like Maverick was one where they wanted to see it. I didn't. And then I quite, I, which has country music stars in it actually. Mm-hmm. And I was actually enjoying it. And they're like, "We're gonna go." And I go, "Oh, finish it," even though sheepishly because I had put up such a fight. Like stupid. Like come on, Josh, we're gonna see it. So they just said, "Oh, we'll come pick you up after." But uh, I remember I went to see this movie called Date with an Angel with my parents, which starred this. It was the vehicle for this All My Children soap star named uh, Michael E. Knight. And uh, I just did not want to see the damn thing. And my parents, like, insisted, we're going to see it. I was like, any movie with the word angel in it, stupid. <laughs> and Ooh, uh, and uh, they walked out. And I think I went with them. But I was mad because I wanted to see where it was going. Um, and I actually put up a fight for Naked Gun. I, I didn't want to see Naked Gun. I was like, oh, really? that's really? such a stupid name. I don't know what this stupid Naked Gun. Of course, you know, five seconds in, I was hooked. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, David Angel was And great. Roxanne. That's another one I put up a fight. Like, I don't want to see that. It's stupid. And then, of course. Well, because well, there was a romantic quality yeah, it to it. It's like, I'm not interested in yeah. that. So, yeah. Date with an Angel is directed by Tom McLaughlin, whose previous feature was Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thought I'd... Date with an Angel. It was a weird movie. Very weird movie, actually. The good, I think the angel like squeals, or it's probably kind of like a, a splash, you know, but yeah. but with an angel instead of Daryl <laughs> Hannah and and a soap star instead of Tom Hanks. 
And, and the guy who directed Friday the 13th for the sake instead of Ron Howard. <laughs> this becomes both worse and better when you start replacing right. these things. All right. Well, we should wrap up. Yeah. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you at home for listening. You can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at David at battleshipretension.com or Tyler at battleshipretension.com. I'm on Twitter at Philadelphia. Uh, this week on the website, you've got reviews from me of what did I review? Peter Lou, mm-hmm. High Life, The Wind, and Tyler or Tyler uh, Scott reviewed Suburban Birds. So all those reviews are up. Uh, I reviewed Shazam. Oh, that was this week. I'm sorry, I thought it yeah. was last week. I'm getting confused. Us was last week. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tyler's review of Shazam obviously is, I don't know why I buried the lead on the major release this weekend. Um, but uh, you know why? Because I didn't post it. That's why I forgot. Um, Fair enough. So Tyler's at uh, on Twitter at Tyler Pretension, uh, and his other website is called morethanonelesson.com. Right. Anything you want to plug there? Yeah, there uh, will be, uh, by the time this goes up, there will be a review of Shazam by my writer uh, Bob Connolly and then there's uh, and then the fear of God is still putting out uh, episodes they did one recently about the the movie Hush Um, so yeah there's still uh, still stuff up there Uh, and Josh where can people find you or where do you want them to find you I don't even know anymore I'm so sick of the internet yeah I don't I hate Twitter and Instagram yeah. follow me if you want I don't <laughs> care if you do I try to not get addicted I'm switching to flip phone and I'm yeah. getting a tablet because I hate you know and Facebook and all 10 years it's enough no yeah I don't really use Facebook well, I mean, I, you I'm still Twitter us, but no I'm no. still a Twitter guy Twitter, the thing, it's, you know, when you got, when you opened up this podcast with a whole bunch of frustration and anger, mm-hmm. it's because you're on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's probably, it, you know, and, and when you, when but you, also it gives me the ability to follow hockey games that I'm not watching while I'm doing, <laughs> I'm living the rest of my well, life. You could probably find a way to watch hockey without Twitter. The thing is you get on the Twitter and then, and everyone who's on Twitter, they're all mad about something. It's just because they're pressing like on things that are like, I agree that I hate that. And then it says, yeah. great, I'll show you more stuff you hate. And it's like. I hate that too. I hate that too. And then the, the market dogs are barking at each other. And then they're all only seeing the world through the lens of things that they hate. Well, right. the, the one that gets me is when it's a, it'll show me something that a friend of mine liked. Right. And it's just like, you know, I don't agree politically with all my friends and I don't, and I actually don't seek out. I'm fine with seeking out like differing opinions but like i don't seek out the stuff that's going to make me mad right uh and then someone like they like something i don't know why it does it didn't used to do that it didn't used to do that it used to only show you stuff that people tweeted or retweeted yeah yeah Yeah. in a in a a timeline uh yeah well at least you can set it back to chronological you can yeah how uh do you tell me now uh, I've deleted it from my phone, but go ahead and tell me now this chronological and can, so they have a turn off the algorithm thing is what you're saying. Yeah. You, you can just see things in order. So now no one's the, told me, I've been complaining the, about this every day from the app. If you go to the upper right hand corner, you see these stars. Let me see it on there. And you can say, uh-huh. go, back home go back home to seeing top tweets first. Okay. Or you can say, see latest tweets instead. If you see latest tweets instead, uh-huh. it gives you everything chronologically. Chronologically, huh? And, then, and they'll give you every, always should be. Ever, they give you everything chronologically? Everything you follow. So, like, you no, know. Not like all of Twitter. But you know how, like, they, they, they don't let you see some things chronologically if you, you know. Like, you can't do that. Can you do that with Netflix? Can you do that with Instagram? 
Wait, what do you mean? Like, I want to see everything. Don't tell me what I'm going to like. Don't tell me. Oh, we see you like, uh, hey, welcome to Netflix. Uh, we're just going to start playing this thing. You know, we think you're going to love it. Start playing yeah, now. It's no. Playing no, stop. I don't want to watch this. Okay, fine. Uh, hey, why don't you watch this Coen Brothers movie? Why don't you watch The Godfather? No, I don't want to watch The Godfather. And I've seen it. Well, why don't you watch uh, Barton Fink? You like that? No, I don't want to watch that. Well, why don't you watch this murder doc? You yeah. know? Yeah, that's what it, it's them pushing their own stuff. So it's like, why don't you watch, why don't you watch Altered Carbon? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, Conversations with the Killer. And it's always like, based on the Frontier. stuff that you've watched, we have probably shittier versions of it ourselves you yeah. probably like that no i wish there were some way to turn you you can turn off on netflix the thing that if you're watching a series automatically starts the next episode uh-huh. you can turn that off but you can't turn off the thing that plays a trailer the second the credits I start rolling I, so I don't mean I to get so political much. here but i will vote for any politician who campaigns <laughs> on turning off the algorithms yeah and i don't hear any of them talking about that in their platform that's what's a very important issue to me yeah turn off the algorithms so we can see what's going on on well, the world I'm just send, like uh, we would at the video store or the record store you know yeah or i'm gonna send a sternly worded letter to pete Buttigieg saying do. I, listen, I learned I, how to pronounce your name I, just so that i could tell i watched you some i watched some algorithms. clips of the guy too somehow it found its way i don't i don't follow politics i block it all out but I did somehow see a clip of this Buttigieg fellow, and he seems like he could articulately say kindly that it's time to turn the algorithm off and put your Facebook down. So that's what you want to plug. Turn off the algorithm. Yes, turn the algorithm off. Turn on Battleship Pretension. Watch the Autoplay. trailer for Social Network from 2010 and realize it, it seems more eerie now than ever. It seems like it's a biopic about, you know, Hitler. Uh, uh, new Hitler. Hitler would love the internet. That reminds me of a story. I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but I was just reminded of... Because you've become like so against the superhero. No, I don't thing. care. I mean, I, I actually binged all the Marvel movies. Oh, okay. Uh, last year, just to be caught up, because everyone was talking about the the uh, the, the last Avengers. So I watched all of them. I haven't seen the new the Ant Man Wasp and the Captain Marvel, but okay. I watched every one of them. Thor Ragnarok was, I think, th- my favorite. But uh, the memory Thor I was two gonna, was really, really bad. The memory I was going to share was, yes. which is uh, highlighting just how long I've known you, was that you were over my apartment and you were like, "Have you seen the Watchmen trailer?" And you like pulled out the Watchmen trailer and showed it to me. Uh-huh. That was the first time was I was I into it or not into yeah, it. Yeah, you were, and that's the funny thing to me is to imagine you being excited about a Zack Snyder. Oh trailer. right, about a super. <laughs> I I, th- I look back and I was like, that movie's not. I thought it was pretty good. I think I saw it twice. Oh, I don't, yeah, it's ten years ago. People like, yeah, that's probably caught people like go, Watchmen. That sucks. But it's like I don't know. It felt like a movie. But I will say that trailer is fucking awesome with the Smashing the Pumpkin, Pumpkin song. song. Yeah. The beginning is the end is the beginning. No, uh, it's, the, it's one of them. I think it's the end is the beginning is the end. That sounds. They right. have a song called Both Things, uh, but it's the slower one from the. It's the last song on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and they used it as effectively the, redeeming it. Yeah, uh, it, in a superhero content. It is a good trailer. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. This is fun. We got to do one where we just talk a bunch. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 